Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Making Laps Podcast. I am your host, Brent Gleason. Alongside me, as always, is my co-host and brother, Jesse Gleason. Hello, everyone. And back with us this week, pending hurricane preparation or whatever the hell happens down there, is our Florida connection, Mr. Phil Jakes. Get to the hook here. (laughs) This might take a while, folks, so just kind of hang in there. It's kind of depressing. It's a different take on it, that's for sure. Let's go. Let's get to the good part. Did Adam Gata send this to you? (laughs) 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 This sounds like something he would cry in the corner to. Emo black metal. All right. What's the rating? It's it's like Deftones. It's like Deftones and the Garage <laughs> Hell Band. Hell no, do not nah, insult Deftones. I wouldn't say like it's like that. Deftones. No, I'd, I'd say it's more yeah. like uh, it is. You know what? I it don't have anybody it, offhand, but I could come up with somebody later, but not today. So, Blackfield Pond Scum. <laughs> it's like Fallout Boy, Nine Inch Nails, and Attack Attack together. <laughs> I'll go with whatever Phil says. And what was your rating again? 3.7. Oh, wow. Did not he like. He hated that one. Did not no, like. that was horrendous. Almost Oops. as bad as my car. Well. We can talk about that now because. Well, what happened to your car? I mean. We usually start the show off with personal updates. And since Phil actually drove something this weekend that was not a uh, government-owned vehicle, he can go first. <sighs> Do we have to talk about it? I had to talk about all the garbage I failed doing. You have to talk well, about yours, too. I tried too. watching your race on Speed 51, but it, it, it wasn't in camera shot the whole race long, so I quit halfway through. Yeah, they don't they don't show back markers. That That's... thing was an absolute bucket of fuck the entire night. Uh, went down to Citrus County Speedway. We tested the week before, and the car was actually pretty damn good. So, uh mm. Came out for practice on Saturday, and it was a 13 out of 10 wrecking. Just absolutely ridiculous loose. Not in the track. No side bite. No drive off. Wouldn't do anything I wanted to. Were you still uh, on practice tires? Yeah, 200 lap practice tires. And that's we, we threw some stuff Dude. at it, tightened it way up, and it was pretty decent for qualifying. It was actually a little snug landing to the center. Um. So we, all we did for the feature was we rolled the trailing right rear trailing bar, trailing arm back one round uh, to skew the rear a little more for a little turn in uh, to get it to rotate and gave it a quarter inch more stagger. That's all we did. And it light switched like five laps into the feature, light switched back to as bad as it was in, in practice on sticker tires, 10 lap tires. You had 10 lap tires on that thing. Yeah, we put stickers on for qualifying. You have to. Okay, good. 
You know, I picked up a half a second from practice to qualifying. I qualified two tenths off the pole and qualified 16th overall. Okay. The field was so it within was just... three and a half tenths so... all the way back to 23rd. So something moved, huh? No. No? Uh, just, I don't know. It didn't like the track conditions, didn't like the setup. I don't know. When how how I many races did we back have to the house? Huh? How many races have you had at Citrus County? That would be the sixth race there. And the car's been, I mean, it's been tight every time I've been there. So we've been freeing it up and freeing it up and freeing it up. And now it's just uncontrollable. Absolutely you're, undrivable. You're still a rookie, though. So you got to give it a little bit of patience, bro. You get six races only on that track. On that track? Yeah. But, I mean, I've I've practiced the car seven or eight other times there we've got a ton of laps there in in the pro truck just understanding the track and how you got to drive it and to be fair daniel has said to me daniel my crew chief from right foot down motorsports uh i'm as good in three and four as anybody else i still need to work on my entry to one but Hmm. my problem was landing to the center the car would just start to rotate and would never stop and I was spinning tires all the way up off to the flag stand. So there's something, I don't know if it's a bad shock or a spring went numb. Uh, I got to pull all the springs out, check all the shocks, rate the spring, see what's going on. Nothing was loose. Nothing was bent. Nothing's broken. Uh, so it's probably just old parts. You know, it, just one of those things. Bought a, bought a used car. Only new shock on the car is the right rear. Only new spring on the car is the left front and the right rear. So. There's always a possibility something fucked up there, but okay. kind of a miserable night. Finished 15th, uh, actually finished 16th, so I finished where I qualified, which I'll take it. You know, I, it's better than dropping out and finishing last like some people. So, I mean, there's, there's people that just, they'll run 20 laps, car sucks, they pull off. That's not me. I'm going to run every lap I can and get the best finish I can, even though get notes. it pays the same yeah. from eighth on back. But, but you get a full laps, race full of notes, you know, and it's you know? seat time. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and I can go back and I can watch my GoPro and I can understand what the car did on lap 10 and what it did on lap 20 and what it did on lap 30. We came in halfway through the race, probably around lap 30 or 35 and put five rounds in the left rear and it did absolutely nothing. Wow. So something just trying to tighten it. it up somehow. Yeah. There's something off. I mean, Maybe it's me. I don't know. I don't think it's me. I've well, driven if, one races in harder cars to drive. These things really, they. I, I told someone this this weekend. These cars are hard, easy to drive, hard to be fast in. And I'm right there when everything's right, but yeah. something's. The car is more integral to this performance than the driver is. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of those things, you know. That's like a yeah, like so, any type of like a late model type thing, and on up. Once you get once you get some real speed going on there, cars are yeah, extremely I mean, important to what the to what the performance of the team is. These things are only qualifying uh, three tenths off a of pole time for a super late at this place, so they they haul ass here. So it's just oh yeah, they scoot. A they scooted. Getting, yeah, they scoot. It's a matter of just. Figuring out what it wants, figuring out what's wrong here. We'll take it back to RFT and 
probably going to take the front end apart and rework all the front end geometry and get it exactly like the 16 and the 59 and the 07 and in all the other kind of fleet cars um go through the rear end make sure nothing moved or changed there but i'm i'm not worried i'm confident daniel will get it squared away for me he's way smarter than we me. all have that kind of stuff where we go through the yeah yeah just that uh you beat up ahead you beat your head up against the wall and wondering why the house don't fall down you know one yeah. of those type of things where it's just like a big time trial and tribulation where it's like you're so beyond frustrated that you're just like oh god where do you go from here and we, it, 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 anybody who's good it, you've, you've all had that you know there's some guys that there's plenty of people that have that season that are really good and they are really really struggling all around so I, I almost didn't have it's a one chance of those to things. suck all night, though. So, you know, I, I almost didn't have that chance to suck all night because on lap one, going into turn three, the twenty-eight car made contact with the 07 of Tyler Schofield, cut his right front tire down going into three, and he came up across my nose, and I Von Gittin Jr. drifted that son of a bitch sideways to avoid him and. <laughs> Good God. There's this video on Facebook if anybody wants to go check it out. It's pretty entertaining, both from in-car and from uh, Tyler Sontag from Speed Racer Photos. Just happened to have his cell phone out taking a video as the cars were going by for lap one, and he caught it. And It's, it's pretty epic to watch. Right. Question for Phil. One yes. more question. Why do the street stocks, also known as the pure stocks down there in Florida, why do they not have front nose covers? Do they hate radiators? It's probably so because it's 100 damn degrees. <laughs> yeah, it's so hot down here. You just want to get all the airflow you can to them. There's, 200% I mean, humidity. <laughs> there's guys that do run them, but they're also running the dirt car. Yeah. You know, those nylon mechanical fans on them. So yeah, well, do you want the parasitic loss from the fan, or do you want to run an electric fan and take the bumper off? It's You're going slow enough at these tracks. It really doesn't matter. Aero for those things. They run... A full two seconds a lap slower than us. I think I'd rather have uh, some protection from rocks or whatever uh, parts uh, hitting my radiator. That'll make it really, really hot. And uh, well, they would... do. They got a rock screen in front of it, probably about six <laughs> inches in front. They put a rock screen in front of it, so I'd, parts I'd also... and whatnot don't go through it. And then I'd also put it, take the hood, just take it right off. That's that should be the rule down in Florida. No hoods. Bill, Mc... Bill McNeil style. Yeah, no hoods. Yeah, first first lap the of the race. Off. Oh no, we're in the back. Let's take the hood off. Yeah, there you go. Keep it <laughs> fresh. <laughs> we'll make it look like we were doing adjustments and stuff. <laughs> no, his his theory on that was it got more air to the air cleaner, so it made more horsepower. I'm sure it did. Oh, good old Ram Air technology. There you go. It probably not. Anyway, um, <laughs> just take the air cleaner off. <laughs> so, what's your next upcoming race there? Uh, and I know you're probably going to blow the whole thing apart, but in between then, I, I don't know. We we're we're putting a new pro truck together right now. Uh, Fred bought a, uh, a newer truck. So the, the old 28 that I drove down at Showtime is completely blown apart, swapping parts over to that. I think I'm going to run that at the end of October and then maybe at the charity race at Auburndale in December. Sportsman wise, I might, change it over and go run new Smyrna for the governor's cup uh, at, in November as well. But I'm not quite sure. It depends on what we find with the car, what we want to do to it. And I, I'd really like to save it 
I'm I told you uh, they announced this weekend that we're actually going to the Freedom Factory twice next year. Uh, and I've been one of the people that's been pushing really hard to try and make that happen. So uh, Ricky Brooks announced it at the driver's meeting. And uh, I, I really want to go run that race and support the series for that. So I don't know necessarily. That race is like July, uh, January 7th. So I don't know if I want to take a chance at a month apart if something happens at New Smyrna. Because you, you wreck there, you wreck big. Oh, yeah. So I might just wait and make the Freedom Factory the next race. For anybody who doesn't know what that is, uh, that's the former DeSoto Speedway down in, uh, I can't remember what the hell town it's actually in. Bradenton. Oh, it's, it, well, it's right next to the drag strip, it's right? still here after tomorrow. <laughs> and you guys are... Maybe in the infield. Here's the problem. You guys are already facing a ton of flooding, and now there's a hurricane coming. It's like, oh, yeah. let's just pile it on. It's already blowing surge up into the Tampa Bay, and it's still below Cuba. It's absolutely crazy how big this storm is. Oh, uh, yeah. I already said you were doomed, and you're like, oh, we don't get hit by hurricanes. And now I'm like, yeah, you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, right right now, the path of the eye is directly over my house. So that's awesome. Told you. Well, yeah, you are. <laughs> Yeah, we're nice knowing everybody. Thanks for listening. We Bye. Have, we haven't been hit by a hurricane since 1913. Sure. L- literally, that's that's the last time a big hit has come in this area. There's only been three in recorded history. So mm. yeah, and we had the hurricane Whatever. at 38. So I guess I should talk. Well, um, yeah, you. Everybody got to die sometime, Red. There it is. We're going to miss you, miss you, miss you, miss Fuck you. Fuck it. Miss it's a brand f- new house. It's up to Andrew Code. I'm not terribly worried about the house itself. Why aren't you I'm nailing the window shut right now? Why are you on this phone call? Because it's dark out. I'm going to be do- doing that tomorrow. Yeah, it actually is already dark out. It gets dark here by 8 o'clock now almost. Poor you. But, uh, it gets dark here at like <laughs> 6.30. Wait, wait until it's 4.15 and you, it looks like midnight at your house. I don't yeah, it's going to be great. I can't, I can't wait, you know, because... <laughs> Uh, daylight savings still needs to be a thing for no obvious reason. Yeah. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna park my truck in front of the garage door sideways. I'm gonna park the trailer behind the house on the uh, in front of my studio and slider windows. Board up my bedroom and the living room windows and send it. Ain't my first rodeo. I've been through a few of them already. So. Yeah. Just wait till an alligator goes fly- flying by your window, and then you'll know how bad the storm is. So anyway. Moving on from uh, garbage Florida weather, I'll go into my updates, I guess. Uh, we are going to be racing at Thompson Speedway for the World Series, the 7th, 8th, 9th of October. That's what we got going on in a couple weeks. Uh, this Friday, I'm actually going to be at Stafford. I'm going to be filming there. That's going to be fun. Um, I did find a bunch of stuff wrong with my car. I don't think I'm going to go into really great detail on here just because... I'm one, of, I'm one of those people. I don't say anything specific. You're a racer. You got to keep your cards. You have to hold your cards close. It's to the not chest. like I have. It's just not out like, of principle. Yeah, even though I don't have anything right now to kind of say these. Total, I don't care if like it's, it's a leaky fuel cap or something. Or something. Yeah, I don't right. care. Nope. Say nothing. No, I ain't telling you nothing. No, we found some rear suspension issues, and I might have found some chassis issues. So this thing may or may not get a clip next year, and or. Uh, other things 
let's just say I replaced a few parts that I didn't like and actually weren't working well for me. And it seems to have helped a lot, at least in principle and bench testing. And it's really difficult for me to say, oh, I think we found it this time because I've said that about, what, 15 times and gotten punched in the face about 15 times. So I'm I'm pretty hesitant to just say, oh, we got it this time because I... Uh, I'm kind of gun shy on that one. So hopefully we do. I've been doing a lot of work. I literally had the fuel cell out of the car today. Don't even ask. Um, I needed the room and it involved a porta power. But anyway, um, that's all I can really go into. Um, again, we're going, I don't have a schedule yet for. Uh, the World Series. That would be nice to have. I'd like to have the daily schedule. I mean, knowing what day it's on is nice, but I only have like two vacation days left at work, and I need to know if I need to take a day off or not, because traditionally we've been on Sundays, and I won't have to take a day off in order to race, but, you know, that would be nice to know ahead of time because, you know, we're, I don't know, two weeks out here. So, or, or actually... It's a little less than two weeks, isn't it? Because at the end of this week, it's October. And then it's the 7th, 8th, 9th, the next week. So basically, it's a week and a half now. So yeah, we, we'd we really like to see a daily schedule posted. That would be nice. Yeah, they, they haven't really done a super great job about that this year. I think they're still trying to get their feet under them I, when it I, comes to that stuff. I don't know what the Outlaw Strictly points are. I mean, the Outlaw Strictly rules. I believe it's stock. I believe it's R and R rules. Yeah, it doesn't tell me anything. Oh, it, really? It the street's not open. It may change from track to track or whatever. I'm not sure. Well, if the R and R guys R&R, are putting it on, then I'd probably go by their rules, and I think they are putting it on. So yeah, I'd probably go do them and then ask forgiveness. Well, I mean, <laughs> later. But it's, they're, pay- it, they're it, It's going to be tough. It would be tough for me to make it. I I I have I had car trouble that needed a water pump, and that was a thirteen hundred dollar job. So that's kind of kind of hurts a little bit. Yeah. So that's rough. It, it hurts. I have a week vacation. I'm going to the World Series. Would you get this? one of them foreign jobs? Yeah. He's got a Cadillac. Well, it's oh, a Cadillac. Still a foreign job. <laughs> no, it's got a North Star. So it's you have Mexican. to excuse him. I guess it's foreign. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> An old, a late North Star, let's just say. Hecho in Mexico. Yeah. Hey, my crate motor is Hecho in Mexico. It's, it's after. Okay. Yeah, it's after all the head gasket issues. They're fine. <laughs> This has plastic fins for the water pump. Why the hell would they do that? That's stupid. Because retardation. Right. So, yeah, that's what we're up against. Hopefully this time I actually figured out what the hell's wrong with this car, but apparently there's more wrong than I'd expected. So we might have to put her under the knife if I can afford to this offseason. It would be nice to be able to afford to, but we'll see. Um, But, yeah, that's what we got going on. I'm just tinkering right now and trying to get it as good as I possibly can instead of kind of overlooking stuff. So we're going through it with a fine-tooth comb. Like, we should be, and we should have been all along. But I don't know. I think I'm actually still top five in points, which is hilarious, considering I think I've only finished there once this year. Uh, that sucks. But all right, enough of my updates. Just do you want any updates? or I went to the Big E today, and I ate $53 worth of lobster rolls. Sweet. I've pooped them out already. <laughs> It is seafood from a fair, so yeah, they probably already gone. Did you walk around the old oval track? Agawa? Oh, no, what the, no, that's, 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 that's uh, it's not at the 
Six Flags. You'd have to That's go to Six, Six Flags, Flags to do that. It's no, the, the Big E. They used to have a circle track there. Oh, I think it's mostly parking lot now, isn't it? Yes. I think I walked around it. I Eastern played. States Exposition. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. they had a temporary one, right? Yeah, they have. Yeah, it was uh, kind of big, too. Yeah, they now sell uh, corn dogs and, and poutine there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Poutine? What? Yeah. Yeah. That's outside the fair. Outside, outside the fair. Oh, poutine. Russian I mean, girls. It, We're close to It Canada. is Springfield, so you might want to be careful. Yeah. I forget the nationality of people that live there. I thought they were Russians, but I guess I'm wrong because they live in, uh, what's that country now? <laughs> Ukraine. Yeah, Ukraine. they all live there now, so. Yeah. <laughs> Too soon. No, all right, we'll move. I think they've been running away from it. So uh, why don't we go into the second segment of the show because this is the most. Oh, can we do the fun one now? Anticipated. <laughs> the fun celebrated. one. Uh, yeah, the most celebrated and anticipated segment of the show and the only one that we have. It's the Darv comment of the week. It's growing on me. But we got eh, kind of a decent one this week. So I f- kind of have a, a confession here. I forgot to look one up. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Uh, I did actually like a half hour before the show, I grabbed one because it kind of said, okay, well, this goes along with my theme, so I'll just take it. Now, this week's Darf Comment of the Week has political overtones, but please bear with me because I just kind of wanted to share this for reasons I'll explain later. I, I don't think those political overtones. It's not It's not Crate Motors then. Okay. No, it's not that one. No, right. it's... We were talking about Russia, so I was kind of... Anyway, all right, so this comes from a tweet from a person named Casey Campbell. Uh, they were not the perpetrator, merely the vessel by which this person decided to latch onto and then deliver their stupidity to us. He tweets, quote, Brandon Brown did confirm to me in an interview that this will be his last start with Brandon, Brandon Built Motorsports which is, I believe, his family team. And I believe it was Texas. I'm not sure if it was Texas or if it's going to be Talladega because they did not uh, exactly specify. But I'm going to guess it was Texas, and he wrecked out anyway. But he will not return to the team in 2023. Uh, Now, there was a lot of moronic comments to sift through here, which is kind of surprising, but... Given what happened last year, I don't... Or was it last year? Yeah, I think it was last year. It's not really, if you think about it. So I found this person's tweet. I decided to single them out and lump other people in with them. David Mohabir? Um, Mohabir? I don't know. It's got an egg for a profile picture. How the hell more, do I know? More beer? Mohabir. Oh, now we're talking. It could more be. Beer. Okay. Yeah, it actually might be his real name because his handle is at DJMOHAB10. DJ Mohab 10. I don't know. Doesn't matter to me. He's got an egg for a picture. He just nobody. Anyway, let's go into what he said. He says, quote, time to sue NBC and that reporter for slander and recoup damages. There is no way in hell she didn't know what she or what was being said. (laughs) My girlfriend was watching the race with me and said, quote, she has to know they're not saying let's go, Brandon, end quote. (laughs) Are you little maggots? You make me want to vomit. Okay, now come on. You're that's saying a, that's actually kind of funny, dude. 
That's, that's actually kind of funny. Because, this is why I picked it. Because he's kind of half right, because there is no way that she didn't know that what it was saying. It was a producer yelling in her ear. And it was, it was Don't very. Don't say it. Don't it, say it's it. It's obviously very quick. Hey, no, they're shouting, let's go, Brandon. Yeah. Don't it say it. Very quick on there. Yeah. Or she was very quick on her feet. She could have um, been because she's a pretty decent reporter. So, you know, so that's one of those things. But other than that, that's not slander, sir. No. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, you're saying that because Kelly Stavist, I believe, who is the reporter, right? Yeah. Uh, whose career is also kind of in the toilet. Uh, Said it was it on, because of that? It might have been. I don't even know. She probably got. It's probably one of those stupid things. Get embroiled in a fake uh, controversy, and you lose your career over something completely innocuous that you did. Um, <laughs> she said it on the spot. Like you're mad at that. Yeah. I saw other comments that blamed like right wing people, like Republicans, for ruining his name and making him unable to procure sponsorship. Uh, ask most people you've heard about the meme, and I guarantee you know most of them have no clue how it started or who it actually referenced. Especially people who have no idea about racing but who still are like right wing. They kind of latched onto it because it was a meme. That's all it was. It was literally a meme. <sighs> and let's see. Pe- because people adopted the phrase, let's go, Brandon, that's the reason he's sliding out of motorsports and his fa- uh, family team is failing. That it's it's because of these people. Uh, are you in any way familiar with the word statistics, which I actually have right here? Okay, so <laughs> to be really kind of relevant to sponsorship, uh, I would say you'd have to have really good or at least tolerable statistics or a good personality, etc. Cetera, et cetera. You need a lot of things in order to be really marketable, right? So, Brandon lucked into one win last year. It's his only win. Okay? I mean, he was pretty decent all day, but be honest, he did kind of luck into a win. All right. The rest of his statistics for 2021 are as follows. In 33 races, he had that one win, three top fives, and nine top tens. Well, it's a small team. Yeah. Right. Right. Which garnered him sponsorship, right? Okay, so you remember he got that lemonade or whatever hard lemonade company that sponsored him the end of last year? I forget. They weren't a big name, but they were a legit sponsor. Uh, this season, <laughs> apparently, that sponsor wanted to go again, but uh, from what I'm told, again, don't don't take this verbatim. Just This is kind of what I was told. Brandon kind of blew him off in favor of a bigger sponsor, which, smaller team, I can see why, but you could also, you know, bring more people in. Anyway, that uh, never got approved by NASCAR, and then because it was a crypto company, they went bankrupt, meaning they never had the money to begin with. So Brandon Brown kind of had no sponsor going in because he kind of pushed the one who wanted to work with him aside and uh, got with one that didn't actually come to fruition. So they've struggled financially. Uh, let's see here. So Brandon Brown is declining his way out of the sport due to poor performance and bad business practice. But no, it's all because of Kelly Stavis and a bunch of people who overused a meme. Got it. <laughs> I don't care what you believe ideologically. This is pretty much par for the course from race fans. 
complete red herrings and nonsense they can't fully explain and don't attempt to. She turned off all her social media from that, too. I guarantee she yeah, did. So, she got freaking roasted for no good reason. Well, by that. yeah, it, it's not just from she people. She was just trying it's to from, be a decent reporter. It's also from from companies because they're, you know, it's, they're it's, stupid. Yeah, they're yeah. they have to tread a thin line. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. which is complete bullshit. She so, was just trying to be a good reporter. They both had their careers hijacked for it. Well, I mean, and Brandon should have. I think he should have just like trademarked it. And he would have made it, money off of it, and, and he, he probably would have been fine. He probably could have financed his team for the next five years because everybody, <laughs> everybody, yeah, every single red shirt guy has has every a, Ford a Ranger. Let's go, every, yeah, let's go, Brandon's <laughs> every sticker on their rusty Ford F one fifty. Every shitty Ford Ranger that's lifted on thirty three inch swampers in Florida probably has one of those flags flying off the back of exactly. it. Exactly. If he had trademarked it, he could have made oh my some god, he could have sued for so much money. He didn't lean into it though. So that hurt him. And then this year, he's got 27 races. He's got two top fives, yeah. four top tens. So, I mean, yeah. the no. performance isn't there. The personality is not quite there. Maybe this really was kind of a black eye to him. But I listen, it's, it's just like, uh, sorry, know. I don't think that's really the point. Yeah. You know, it's just like a bunch of other memes. You never know when you're going to be a meme, dude. It's the internet, say, dude. Welcome to the age of the internet. You never know when you're going to be memed. Let's be fair. That meme was, it, it really overlived its usage because it was like, oh, okay, boy. it was funny for a while. Now it's okay. Oh, that's boy. that's quite enough. We can we can make a new one. Yeah, it's about, you know? it, it, it's hit just about as hard as minion memes. Oh, Christ. Oof. That shit won't end. Oof. Yeah. Anyway. So David Mohabir. And everyone else who can't stop bringing politics into sports, shut up. Stop proving my point that race fans are the dumbest sports fans. It's still kind of funny. <laughs> it kind of is, but I mean, he does make decent points, yeah. but when she initially said it, in what way was it slander and in what way was she responsible for spreading the meme? The meme happened literally overnight by other people. She was just trying to be a good reporter, and he yeah. was happy to win a race, yeah, you know, and it just spiraled out of control. You know, and there's still Joe Exotic memes out there. That you know? guy's still a meme? He's still kind of a meme. They have a show. There's a show, uh, Joe versus Carol or whatever, on I one of those have, alphabet networks. I have yet another confession. I've never watched an, an, any, any any episode of Joe Exotic or anything doing with him. It's actually really freaking cool, man. What's it? <laughs> well, I don't even know what it's on. Hell. Like, what's it was it on? on Netflix. Yeah, I don't have Netflix. It was on... Oh, you're talking about Tiger King. Yeah. yeah. It was funny as shit. Where I'm was sorry. he? It was, Where was it he was based great. out of? Oklahoma. Oh, thank God. I thought it was a Florida thing. Oh, that would have been Well, good. guess where Carol Baskin is from? Florida? Yeah. Bradenton. <laughs> oh, right down the road from you. Yeah. So right, um, right down the road from the Freedom Factory. Yeah. Right. Maybe you'll see her out there killing her husband or whatever the hell she. See, did. you know enough about the show. That's all I know. <laughs> see. He's buried under the septic tank. He's, I've just seen enough memes to know what the show's food. about. He's tiger poop. Well, <laughs> the bones are buried under the septic tank. Well, if you pump, yeah, you, they have to be under it because if you pump it, then they'll get it. Um, yeah. I, I love what, absolute read some... shit show. So yeah, I, I don't have Netflix either. I just streamed it on on. Uh, put lockers. 
I, you watch, I, yeah, I you put resisted on it and resisted it. And the first episode, I was like, oh, my God, this is the most wonderful train wreck I've ever seen. <laughs> Such a great train wreck. I love a good train wreck. People are like, oh, why don't you have Netflix? I'm like, because I have like Hulu and I have, I have HBO Max I, and I have uh, Flow Racing yeah. and I have uh, Amazon Video and I have uh, yeah, you think I'm gonna pay Speed extra 51. For, and I'm like, I have all these freaking streaming services. I'm not going to pay, pay extra for, for Paramount Network. I streamed all the all the new season of Beavis and Butthead on Put Lockers with a good ad blocker and good antivirus software. I don't have a problem. <laughs> I don't have no problem. And I've watched a whole new season of it, and I didn't have to pay anything with for Paramount Plus. <laughs> Sorry, every time I hear you talk about Put Locker and all this a good ad blocker. Shit. No, no, no. Here, yeah. just hear me out. I think no, I'm, I'm not going to get AIDS. I used a thick enough condom. <laughs> I prepped with Trulelia or whatever. I prepped Trulelia it. or whatever the frick that dr- No, we're not going there right I now. I prepped it. It's fine. Don't prep anything. My computer's not going to die of internet AIDS. <laughs> Inter AIDS. Yeah. Oh, okay. So why don't we go into this? This was kind of an interesting thought. Anybody read about the Nash, uh, NASCAR Weekly National Championship Saga? No. No? They still do that? Yes, because there's no NASCAR tracks around here except Seekonk, so we don't really know what they're doing anymore. Not Seekonk, but NASCAR. So we, we, you know, they're not attached to us anymore, yeah. and now we actually have full control of all of our so media. So tracks and all are dropping stuff, NASCAR so. left and right, and they still seem to screw it up somehow. Is that what you're going to tell us? Well, no, this is kind of an interesting thing uh, because it came down to between Lane Riggs and Peyton Sellers, I believe. Yes, now. What had happened was... Of what? The NASCAR National Championship. I what did he drive? Like late, late models model or something? Stocks. I believe late model stocks. Somewhere down south, I assume? Of course. Okay. Yeah, we all know Peyton Sellers. And Lane Riggs is kind of an up-and-comer in the late model stocks. So. Um, when the figurative dust settled, this is from, uh, let's see, Racing America. It was done by Matt Weaver, so you know it's probably a decent article. Um, a pair of twin features at Motor Mile and Dominion on Friday, Saturday night, whatever night that was, appeared as if Sellers had won via a tiebreaker, but under somewhat controversial fashion. Sellers swept both races at Motor Mile, but only after swapping over from his familiar 26 to the zero car, typically driven by Leighton's, uh, let's see, Sellers racing client Landon Pembledon. If you remember that name, he won the Martinsville 300 last year as a complete nobody. Nobody had any idea. Remember that kid? He was like 15, 16 or something and kind of pudgy. Like, he was our hero. Oh, good for him. Yeah. yeah. It was cool to see him win. Yeah. Uh, Riggs withdrew. Uh, Lane Riggs are talking about his opponent. Uh, from the second twin feature with what was described as a brake failure. As a result, the second race was no longer a full field, counting towards national championship points. As a refresher, NASCAR takes the top 18 finishes from a driver through the second weekend of September, but only in Division I races with a full field designated by 16 or more drivers with a valid NASCAR competition license. Uh, The complicated nature of the national points racing produced no shortage of controversial finishes over the years. Uh, So let's see here. Anyway, like I said, the reason why I think uh, Sellers did not win the NASCAR national championship against Lane Riggs is because Riggs pulled out of a race that Sellers was racing in with a quote unquote mechanical failure, thus dropping it below the 16 car limit and not counting towards national points, which Sellers won that race. 
So they had to go through all the races to make sure that all the people finished or started enough to get Division One points and figured out that that one race, whoops, you don't so, get credit for, so Riggs now wins the title. So you think they had that much that they had that much comprehension into the points, number one, and number two, that they didn't want to beat him in a heads-up competition, so he took a dive? I believe that uh, they might have had some issue and knew they couldn't actually compete, and so they pulled out of the race knowing that it would hurt him in the points. So that's what I think happened. So I'm waiting for Phil to comment, and he's not commenting. <laughs> no, nah, it's just unbelievable that shit like that still happens. They said NASCAR did not throw out any race results, but did disqualify the unlicensed drivers from the results of those races, preventing them from counting as full fields. So they had to go back through all of these races and figure it out. But it's like, well, did he take a dive or did he not? You know what I mean? That's kind of the controversy, and it's like, well, I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, for him to swap to the zero car kind of equated to what they did with, you know, 2311 and Cup and all this other stuff, so. But anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting that NASCAR actually went through and audited the weekly national championship. But they got nothing better to do. The, they do have nothing better to do, like ruining Texas. They want to find, uh, <laughs> yeah. They want to find out who didn't pay them their money. Right. They they wanted to figure out who didn't have the license fee, and so that they could just throw them out. I don't know. Maybe they were mad that they couldn't take their media rights away, even though they paid them for the sanctioning. NASCAR. I can't take it. All right, so they take the top 18 finishes from a driver through the second weekend of September, but only in Division 1, etc., etc. That's kind of a quick refresher. It's got to be a minimum field of 16, valid license, like I said. Um, Yeah, they had to go through all of the records and, and, like, audit every single thing. It's just ridiculous. Like, the article goes on forever. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Um, They did a makeup race that was a rainout. They did some DQs. I mean, all told, uh, Sellers gained two points over the weekend, but ultimately lost by four. Coincidentally, the same amount he trailed by entering the weekend after the NASCAR audit was completed earlier in the week. (laughs) So it's like, well, they did all this work, and at the end of the day, it was just zero. But if he had a full field win, guess what would have happened? He probably would have won. Yeah. Which Riggs pulled out of that last race. He won it, but it didn't count because it wasn't full field. He did get his redemption, though, because I believe Sellers won the Martinsville 300, didn't he? Uh, I can't remember. This weekend? I don't know who won it this weekend. I didn't get to. I literally haven't watched Stafford. I haven't watched anything yet. Nice. I'm so far behind because I've. I mean, I raced. I was at the track Thursday night testing, Friday night practice, Saturday night at the track racing. Then I came home yesterday. I was running around trying to get shit ready for today. Worked all day today. <laughs> Had to do more prep tonight. I haven't watched a thing, so I don't know what happened in racing this week. I was actually right. Peyton Sellers did win the Martinsville 300 this weekend. So he got a little bit of redemption. For I uh, guarantee you that pays a lot more than a NASCAR national championship does. At this point, mm, I don't know. I've, I haven't won an NASCAR National Championship. I've heard how much they pay, but that was secondhand information. So good luck finding the actual information as it, you know, because it's NASCAR. Well, how much did Martinsville pay? Oh, man. 
I wish that I'd actually known. Wasn't it twenty five grand? I don't even remember. It's only if it's it a late was twenty five grand. It's more than a national title. I think a national title is only ten grand. Oh, okay. I thought it was more than. I thought it was a lot more than that. But I guess I'm wrong. Um, ten or fifteen. A state champion gets five. Just the as Martins, far as I'm aware. Martinsville three hundred. What did they pay to win? Like twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I asked the wrong person. I don't freaking know. They, he gets a, he gets a grandfather clock. That's all. But no, I heard about that race, and I'd heard that I can't remember who finished second. Let me just scroll down real quick. It was Carson Kvapel. Carson Kvapel. Yeah, he apparently ran Sellers really, really clean, and he had every opportunity to boot him or move him or do whatever, and he didn't. And at the end of the race, he explained it and saying he's not going to do that and he's not going to take it away from somebody that way and he says i wanted to do it the right way because that's how i would want to win this race so i'm like good i'm glad to see that respectful racing is kind of starting to infect racing again and i'd want to see that continue so but it was uh seller's 20th i think it was his 20th try or 20 years of doing it and it was his 15th start that could be true as well they get like 91 cars entered to it I guess I was wrong. The 2021, I found an article from Short Track Scene that says the NASCAR Weekly Series Championship pays 25000 So Pays about the same. Yeah, so whatever. Ish. He made his money. I should have looked this up. I wish I'd looked up the pay. We've been spending all this time talking about pay and how much stuff pays to win and stuff, and it's like, why didn't I figure this shit out? It's NASCAR. I'm shocked that it said that anywhere. Right. NASCAR likes to hide that stuff for whatever reason. They don't believe in transparency. I'm just going to look this up real quick. Just bear with me. I'm just kind of... Oh, $32,000. Thirty-two. Oh, I was wrong. Hey, you're right. Okay. It, yeah, I found it on visitmartinsville.com. A star stud late model event pays $32,000 <laughs> to the winner. Damn. More than 90 cars have filed entries for the Valley Star Credit Union 300 at Martinsville Speedway. So he probably crowned made out jewel better. of the late model <laughs> stock car season. Yeah, right? What's the championship pay? I think Phil said like 25. Next to Dick. 25,000 is what uh, I found a short track scene. Okay, article. so in one race, he made out better. Duh. He doesn't get the trophy, but he's won the national title before, right? Sellers, he's won it more than once, hasn't he? Maybe once. You know, I don't know. But I believe I'd like has. to know what the highest paying asphalt late model, whether it's super pro or late model stocks races uh, in the country. This is kind of I know up the there. I know the bigly here in Florida at four seventeen, which asphalt. is coming up, pays thirty five thousand to win, five thousand dollar pole award. Uh so I'm not sure where that one ranks. This is plus, this plus is, that one has lap money. I think this pays better than the snowball. And uh, that's pretty Snowball's high up there. Snowball's only 25. Yeah, and that's about the same as Oxford. I think Oxford's about 25. And Why can't uh, we get $100,000 races like mm-hmm. the dirt guys do? Just doesn't, I mean, hell, Eldora's got the million. Why is there not a million-dollar late model race? Paying a million dollars on a short track. I don't know short if it's track. a million anymore. I believe it's the Dream. No, there's, no the they, Dream is actually, the Dream is, well, they ran the million and the Dream this year. The Dream was like 200-something to win. And um, the million was obviously a million. So and I think they were won by the same guy. So I'm well, not sure. Uh, I think Davenport yeah, won Davenport. both. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think huh. 32 is pretty far up there for late model type cars. Um, the Big Lee is probably the biggest one at 35. 
I hope we get a bunch of cars for that this year. It's hard because it's so far down here. Yeah, that's what sucks. But I mean, it's fifty thousand dollars is the highest I've seen it. Where is for that? For two hundred lap asphalt late mile race, it's at uh, it's in uh, Southern National in in uh, Southern National in, in yeah, Georgia in North Carolina. Oh, it's in North Carolina. Yeah, I don't Southern, remember where it is. That's Solid that track you hate on iRacing. It's with the yellow walls. Yeah, it's because it's trash. You can't pass there. Yeah, fifty thousand dollars <laughs> for the winner for a two hundred lap race. That's badass. Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's going to be this Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving classic. Yeah, look at that cars yeah. tour and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This Thanksgiving is going to pay fifty grand. That's pretty big for asphalt model. All right, that's, that's the biggest one. The I biggest found. one. Yeah, yeah. That that's got to be the biggest one at this point. So that's cool. I mean. It, Purses are getting up there. I, I think asphalt late models need that recognition. And, and you and I were talking the other day. I, I honestly think they should either get rid of Xfinity, move it to make that the Cup Series, move the Truck Series as the second tier or something because it's looks different, kind of a gimmick. And, and take and the current put, Cup cars and make them all Isma cars. <laughs> yeah, run them at the Rolex and Le Mans only. Just, yeah, you go that way. With You can take them that yeah. way. Thank but you. no, I want to see Supers on TV. Give short track racing another ASA type series. Get that back on TV because that will revitalize gr- grassroots racing so quickly. ASA and was, don't make it and don't make it tape delay because screw tape delay. That was on TV. Yeah, I don't like tape delay. I don't even like it when they do it with the modifies because it's mm-hmm. old news already. With social media, yeah. old yeah, you got to stream everything because with social media, the instant it goes checkered, you're gonna know the result. Even if it's tape delayed, it's like, oh, no point in me watching this now. So it's, yeah, it just sucks. You know, I'd rather, I'd rather, you know, try to watch it through some, some dorks like shaky phone skill, phone camera skills that live at, at the track with Facebook Live, than try to watch a <laughs> tape delay race. Ugh. Yeah, it's terrible. Like ASA, they, I know they folded early two thousands, but. It just sucks because they were really poorly managed. But the thing was, they were really poorly managed financially. They were making really good moves to make you know car counts viable. And you know who you know who is the best ASA standout? Mark Martin, Rusty Wallace, Dick Trickle, Jimmy Johnson, Mike Eddy, Jimmy Johnson. Oh yeah, he was. He did race there like a year. Yeah, <laughs> it does Adam, count. Adam Petty went to racing. Yeah, that no. Yeah, um, I guess he was pretty good in there too, but not. Anyway, but um, yeah, I mean, they had a lot of great stuff going th- for them. They had a cheap body rule. It was like a, a late model type body. So it was like what the Arca series is now, but they actually got it right. Um, they had decent body rules. They had ch- good chassis rules. I think they they could use like uh, old cup chassis if they wanted to. Um, they had the CT525 wow. engine program. It was a crate engine but it was 525 horsepower which is not far off what cup has now but they were running it on short tracks with a little smaller tire so they actually put on decent racing but yeah it just sucks that they were really poorly managed and just kind of tanked you know they just went right out well they had a lawsuit with mtv they had a bunch of network bullshit that was that was going on um yeah apparently like viacom and stuff yeah, the uh, ASA filed a lawsuit to stop tape delays, but dropped it after. Ooh. After MTV, and well, it's it's not it, it, under Viacom. It's not MTV. I don't know why, but I don't know why they listed it as MTV. It's their yeah. set, their networks, I guess, have a thing. But yeah, they had an issue with tape delay and and, and what kind of 
races were what time was going to go for the market yeah, but and all kinds of other crap and, that was and back sponsorship in, and TV time and that was back was in like tough. 2001 though because yeah. they didn't have social media back then they could have lived off of it they yeah. would have been fine just they should have been glad they had a TV contract I mean there was a lot of really good stuff to come out of there and then I think they folded and a lot of the cars ended up in the Pro Cup series and then that kind of dissolved as well and super late models started taking over and that's basically where we're at right now so anyway i think they had a good format but they just didn't we spend finish 48 it. minutes talking about not even local stuff yet we're going into stafford now yes because <laughs> we have a lot of stuff this is going to be a really goddamn long episode all the truckers pardon are gonna... my surprise at every result because i have no clue what happened Oh, well, it's okay. uh, every well, every trucker loves us because we make you the were ride busy. a little shorter, I guess. Yeah. All right. Uh, you was see. busy, so we you get a pass. Yeah. Stafford ran two days this weekend for their fall final weekend, but it's not their final weekend. That comes this week, which is Champions Night, which I'm going to. Oh, excuse me. Which I'm going to be at later this week. Like I said, whatever. Yeah, that's the file. That's the fall final. We mean at this time. Fall final, really final. Yeah. All right, so two days, Friday, Saturday this past week. Let me go through some results of feature races on Friday night. Limited late models. All right, Jeremy Lavoie led Rich Hammond into or Rich Hammond into this second-to-last race of the season by about 12 points. Now, boy, here's a talking point. Ari Jensen led the field to green. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I like how Jesse laughs like right off the bat. I'm like, what did I do? Oh, boy. But... Um, Jay Clement took the lead quickly on the top side. Jensen dropped like an anchor through the field, and they wouldn't make it through the second turn until contact sent her spinning, collecting Matt Clement, Devin Jensen, and well, Damian Pilardi. I thought, I thought 22 kind of stuffed it in there where he shouldn't have on, on the lap one. Yeah, but was there room to, to take it? That doesn't mean it's a good thing, dude. No, I didn't say it was a good idea. <laughs> I didn't say it was a good on idea. Lap one? Yeah, it's no, kind of it good... tough, dude. Did Gary send it in thinking he was behind somebody who has better pace and uh, screw uh, I don't up think that matters, and just kind of really. drive to the I bottom? Mean, after that, she, could, just, she couldn't catch up with it. I'm just throwing... I should I, put a replay of the race Here's up. the thing. Um, he might have thrown it in under her, but like they made it, they made such little contact that she wasn't sideways. Like She just kind of... Never could gather her back up. Yeah, I watched it today. I actually went back and watched it a few times <laughs> because I'm like, I don't want to be totally wrong here. I'm going to be anyway, but I'm going to try. I saw them make a little contact, nothing more than usual, put it three wide. I'm like, well, that was a dumb move, Gary. But she wasn't like sideways. She's kind of in her own lane and just not hitting the gas. Gary, and go to the back for that? No. No? Because okay. he didn't spin her out. He got to her bottom and went by her. Okay. And then eventually someone around fifth place eventually got into her and took her out. And I'm like, well, why is she going so slowly if she's not sideways? There's, like, cars just driving by on both sides after contact. I'm like, you're going in a straight line. Go. <laughs> Go. For God's sakes. Like, she was at almost half speed. I'm like, ooh, boy, this is not good. So I don't really fault Gary more than 20% here. <laughs> Sorry. Nice callback. That's the 20% clause, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I didn't see the incident that you were talking about, but it seems like, and this isn't a knock on Ari, Shh. start in the back. 
learn how to pass cars because you're going to learn more doing that than you are looking in the mirror, driving in panic mode, worrying about everybody running you over. It's so much better. I didn't start a feature up front until like my third year of racing. And that was in like a mini stock. <laughs> Stafford used to have a rule in the dare stocks back in the day. And when I ran there in 2017, it was still there hmm. where if you're a rookie, you have to start in the back for the first, I think it was two or three features that you, you participate in. Hmm. You learn how to race. You're going to learn a lot more trying to pass cars than you are trying to not get wrecked. You can't be an effective race car driver if you don't race out your windshield. So you have to be able to see what you're doing and you have to attack from the front. When you have a lot of experience, then it makes it easier to lead because leading races is not easy. Like it genuinely isn't. Like a lot of people tend to get in their heads and they start to screw themselves up. They have no way to follow. Right, because they're not used to it and they don't know what they're doing. That's why you need to kind of start in the back and gain experience passing cars. Passing cars is the best experience you can have as a racer because you learn everything for racecraft. You learn being around people. You learn who you're around. You learn how you control your car while there's chaos around you. You learn how to compartmentalize and focus. You learn all of these traits, and it becomes muscle memory so that when you're actually anywhere on the racetrack, you can handle it. And then when you get to the lead, you can work on leading races and figuring out how to do that. But after one car makes contact with you and you drop anchor, not even being sideways the whole corner, just kind of a little bit crossed up and then driving straight like you're in traffic and then getting run over by everybody else because they're all animals. Mm -hmm. Race car drivers are animals. They're not going to slow down for you. They're very selfish. It's not the highway. You know what I mean? You have to go. Body contact is going to happen, and people are going to pull dumb moves on the first lap. So you have to be ready for that. And Kevin Cormier has got two wins already as a rookie. Yeah, that was his second win. Yeah, we'll get was... we'll get to that. Yeah, let's get to that. Um, okay, so enough of kind of we're not. This is all constructive criticism at this point. I'm not going to go into what she said. I don't care. It's not my business. That's, Whatever. She I can be it was mad funny. if she She's wants to. She's a firecracker. Be. That's funny. She's angry. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> I like personality. She gives a lot of it. I don't it. care if I agree with it or not. It's yeah, pretty cool. She gives a lot of it. It's funny. It was good. Um, I mean, circumstantially, it's not funny, but no. the, the interview. I don't want to see anybody wreck, no. No, but other than it that, it was. Entertaining. Compelling. Yeah, that collected, like I said, Matt Clement, her brother Devin, and uh, Davey and Pilardi, everyone but Clement would retire from the event. Um, did you see what happened to Pilardi? Like, oh, he stuffed it. Yeah, it was pretty bad. He hit someone pretty good, but then like... It looked like, uh, what's his face there? Carl Edwards going through the infield, and it just like jumped in the air, and it ripped the radiator out from under the car because he hit something in the dirt. I don't know what the uh, hell happened there. I'm like, Jesus, that was violent for yeah, no reason. No, just dug in. That sucks. Yeah, I was like, ooh, that was gross. I hope he shut it off quick, but yeah. that stinks for them. They've torn up a lot of stuff. Okay, so Kevin Cormier, which we mentioned earlier, would benefit from the restart and get by Jay Clement for the lead, bringing Alexandra Fern with him. Let's see. Cormier would just kind of walk away, and the field would string out. Uh, Rich Hammond would struggle to make up positions all night as Lavoie and Fern made their way onto the podium, but nobody was catching Kevin Cormier as he would take his second win of the season. The points gap now heading into the last race 
would extend to 16 because uh, between Lavoie and And Hannah. what was it before, 12? It was 12 coming in. Yeah. It's now 16. It, it, that's, that's, that's tough. That's eight. That's, what is it, eight spots? Yeah, it's eight spots. That's that's a lot of spots. And, and when there's like help. 15 cars in the field, he's basically got to fall out and you got to win. It's yeah, tough. That, that's going to be a tough hill to climb. I mean, well, I mean, Jeremy Lavoie has had 19 starts and yep. he's had 19 top 10s. Kind of hard to beat. That's difficult to beat a guy who keeps his nose clean all the time. I mean, and to be the, fair, Hammond, Hammond has one less of each, but one more win. He so. did have one bad week. Yeah, he had a can't 18. have a bad week with the small field. He had eighteen top tens and fourteen top fives instead of nineteen top tens and fifteen top yeah, fives. He but he has four wins instead crushed. of three. So yeah, all he has to do is tie at this point. All right, street stocks. All right. Which me... is my favorite division ever. Well, we're a little biased on the street stocks. Apparently. Yeah, but even as a kid, to be fair, they That's were my favorite. True. That was the truth. That's uh, why we kind of picked them. I was a late model guy. <laughs> I, I a... did love the late models, but the 90s late models. And then the early 2000s was okay, too. But then when they went, to, we were we were Waterford kids. So when they went to ACT, I kind of Ugh. went back to street stocks. You oh, know what I mean? Yeah, I was I like, couldn't... yeah, much more of a street stock yeah, guy. I couldn't compete anymore, so. Right, so Travis Hydar had a 54-point lead on Adrian Parody and uh, Bert Olette because they were tied for second going in. Uh, I forgot who led them to green, but Bill Cody or Marvin Minkler, I can't remember. But Cody would lead until lap three when Tyler Trott took it away. The racing was hectic, and it caught up to the field only a lap later as a spin by Cody in turn one uh, would end with David Macha Jr. crushing him. Wasn't he the one that flipped over earlier no, this that year? Was senior. senior. Oh, was a senior? Over, that was yeah. senior. Boy, this family's had a rough, rough year. Yeah. My gosh, that's a front clip, too. That's that thing tough. was tore up. Oh, yeah, he whacked him. Ugh. That was a big hit. Uh, let's see. Further ahead, more oh. contact between Chris Daniel Chuck and uh, Adrian Parody would spin both, and Travis Downey tried to avoid, but uh, Adrian Parody, uh, he played a little peekaboo, and Downey didn't see him coming, and he whacked the left front off of his car. So that ended his night prematurely, which sucks. But at least he wasn't upside down. All right. Street stock's gonna street stock. Yep. It's like Paradis or he whatever his name is. <laughs> spun out and uh never Paradis nuts. Paradis nuts. <laughs> yeah. He never lifted and just kind like of that. he went into the infield, spun out, and then just came back out. I'm like, What are you doing, dude? Break. Stop. Then he got hit, and it's like, Well, that's what you get. All right, so Travis Hydar would miss the early action and carve his way from 8th to 2nd in just four laps. Uh, Hydar would clear Trot for the lead by lap 5. Uh, Ryan Waterman would come from 15th to 5th in 8 laps with that new car. Jason Finkbein would be spun off uh, or yeah, be spun off turn 4 after contact with Jason Lafayette. That would bring out another caution, I believe. Uh, Lafayette would be put to the rear for contact. A uh, rent a racer spun off a turn four on lap eleven, and at that point, uh, let's see. Try, uh, I think Hydar was still leading, but Waterman had moved up to third. Cautions coming at opportune moments for him. Brulette was in second place, and he would not let Hydar go, making him work for his lead. The battle for third between Waterman, Trot, and Paradis was uh, tight the whole last half of the race. Hydar would not make a mistake or waver, and he would win and seal up the title a race early. Yeah, that's 56 points gap between him and Bert. And yep, Bert did all he could. And that's, uh, yeah, that's going to put a bow on that one. You can't, 
You yep. only get 50 points for a week, for a week, race, or whatever it is. Race win. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think Stafford still does it kind of traditional short track style. They don't do like. No points for heat races or anything. No. No. I think Thompson's like 55 for a win and then like 48. And then they do heat race points. And yeah. I think Waterford does the weird 32 points and then 28 for second and then one point behind that and stuff like that. So. It's different, but still simple. Which is yeah, fine. I mean, it's that's not right. it's not a big deal, but fifty is pretty much industry standard. Yep. So, yep, that'll seal that up. So, that's, you know, congratulations to Travis. They yeah, I sent the text. To big, yep, I sent the text to Ernie. Said congrats because I know he's deeply involved in that team. So his five wins ties Bobby Stark to third with five wins. Yep. Which uh, Bobby finished? He's going to finish in the top five, hopefully in points. Yeah, he's uh, had a terrible year for for winning five races. Right. <laughs> I mean, he's got 10 top fives oh, in 19 thing? races, but he's wrecked out like about as many times. Paradis so. nuts his third in points, and he has one less start. Because he had to have a week. He had to have, take Didn't, a week yeah, off because the car off. was tore up. Earlier this year with, with uh, Waterman, he, yeah. he had to take the next week off to, to fix the car. Yeah, and Bert's been involved in some yeah. stuff. Everybody has been involved in something. Like, Hydar had a couple DNFs. Bert had a couple. Adrian missed a whole damn race. Stirk wrecked a bunch. Yeah, Town- Downey's had a bunch of wrecks too. Like these guys are just dropping yeah. out of. Ra- it's the most semi-charmed life ever for Travis yeah. Hydar because with- he's had so many problems and still, well, still wraps it up a race early. If only I could have that luck. Well, it's been a rough year. It has. It really has. Everyone's that had- street stock division there used to be so boring to watch too. Like it would, they'd single file out and it would just. Okay, just like the the limiteds, and now it's rock'em sock'em race cars every race. Well, that's because they took the damn restrictor plates off them finally and let them just race. Fair. They had what three oh fives with a freaking restrictor plate forever, and then they put the plate on the crate motors. It's like, dude, this is so boring. And an automatic. Oh my god, how anemic <laughs> were those to drive? I don't know. I never raced there with an automatic. I oh. only ever raced there like what the rules are now. So it's way I did. better now. I, I figured out how to make the top roll there because it was the only way I could compete with the the stick shift guys. <laughs> you lift you on do. entry and you get back to the gas before you even get halfway through apex. You got to spool up the converter. Oh my god, it was miserable <laughs> to drive. Terrible. That bitch. You probably can't circle track race an automatic very long. They'll probably burn up. Depends mm. on what gear you have it in. Hey, I don't know what they're running. But anyway, let's go over to late models. We're already an hour in. We're only on Friday. Adam Gray had a 52-point lead over Kevin Gamber quarter at the start of this feature. Uh, decent field. 21 cars took the green. And uh, Paul Varecchio led them to it. But Paul, Michael Bennett would take that away off turn two. Top side rolling yet again. Let's see here. Uh, Kevin Gambacorda would go around and turn two off the bumper of Michael Ray, who would be put to the back f- uh, for contact. Bennett would control the restart and by halfway at a one and a half second lead on Tom Fern, who had made his way up to second. Just past halfway on lap 16, Tom Butler would spin in turn two after he got a little low into the dirt and made contact with the door of Andrew uh, Durand. Kind of self-spin there, just trying not to wreck Durand. Uh, with 13 to go, Gamba Corder would pound the wall off turn four and finish off his uh, title hopes and his poor night. 
Fern was credited with the lead, and he took control on the restart. Wayne Corey Jr. would pester the back bumper as Adam Gray would move into P3. I believe they all drop-kicked uh, Bennett out, basically. Uh, let's see. Corey would not have enough to really get to Tom Fern, and he would win, retake third on the all-time win list. Adam Gray would finish third and lock up the season championship a race early, which, given his performance, let's be fair. I mean, that's 16 top fives out of 18 races. That's pretty tough to beat. I know. <laughs> Six wins. Jesus. Guy's, guy was absolutely on fire. You can't beat that. The only way you're going to beat that is to wreck him. And he wrecked once. And he still beat everyone. Just like I said, you see the performance out of Adam Gray this year. And then you kind of equate that to, like, the street stocks. And if he was in the street stocks... Christ, he might have actually wrapped the title up three races early with how much those guys all had problems. Probably. Matt Kenseth style. Yeah. I don't think Matt wrapped it up that early, did he? I thought it was just one remember. race. I think it was just one race, and they had enough of that, so they went to the yeah, chase. Yeah, it was enough they freaking re- reworked the whole points system. I remember him wrapping it up at Phoenix, I believe. Anyway. SK Lights. SK Tyler's. The SK Tyler's. Which is, you're right, because Tyler Berry leads Tyler Chapman by 12 points and Tyler Pearl by 18 points coming into this race. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Alexander Pearl. Ron Midford. Alexander or Alexandra? Uh, depends on who's announcing. Ron Midford led them to green. Jesus Christ, but <laughs> What? <laughs> that really uh, happens. Oh, all the time. Are you kidding? Ugh. It's a specific announcer, which we have great respect for, so we're not going to say anything. All right. Um, Ron Midford led to the green, but as is standard, Amanda West took the lead off turn two from the top side. Like I said, if you start second, it's almost advantageous to you for whatever reason lately. All right. So what? The SK Tylers have a lot of corner speed and not enough motor. So you just but it happened it. in every. Whine. It happened in pretty much every division, though. Yeah. Everyone on the second place had the run on the top side and took the lead in turn two. It was very rare that somebody didn't. I was keeping track of it all night too. All right, so the racing was behind her as thirty-five cars. Yes, thirty-five cars took the green for this race. They jockeyed tightly for position. She led the first half of the race until suddenly contact with Bob Charland off turn four sent West spinning from yeah. the lead. And Charland to the back. Yeah. You know what? There's a rule down here where if there's avoidable contact with the leader, you basically, whoever made the contact gets sent to the rear unless the leader was blocking and the leader gets their place back. Isn't there some other racetracks out in the Midwest where they have a accountability? I believe Anderson Speedway has a rule. It's like, well, if you like raise your hand out the window and fall to the back, you can... It's like say, oh, yeah. that's a my bad, and then tap that, rule. That, yeah, the tap rule. Yeah, and we then, have that here too. I, I like I've tapped rule. out before spinning someone. You just reach your hand and out, get tap their, on the roof, and they get their spot back, and then that yep. leads to a whole lot less arguments in the pits. Well, like, and oh, it's that's a, a my respect bad. thing too. It's a my bad. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, I never said she was blocking. No, she um, she got no, wide I'm, and I'm got just ran. Saying, over. Like <laughs> she got wide and got ran, and then got went right in the corner, and then. The one car ran her over. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, I, in a there. situation like that where the guy behind runs you over and spins you out. Yeah. 
I, 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 would like I didn't to see fault. I get their spot back. I didn't fault. I didn't fault her for that. It's always the car no, behind's fault that if you make contact with someone and they spin out. You guys know why why Pearl started way way in the back again? What happened to him in qualifying? <sighs> I don't really know. I I thought he did. I thought he did fine in qualifying. I yeah. really did. I thought he high qualified. Yeah, I like, have I no was idea why attention. he started way 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 in the back. I didn't know if he didn't high qualify or or had ride to, height or something. I don't or even had know. To go to the back <clears> for something. I don't know what happened. I don't know either. Listen, but he, he started just behind. Likes like, a challenge. He started behind like every. Oh, he's got a challenge now. Yeah, so. he sure does. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so the chap eight to go. The Chapman Brood would take over the top two spots, but a caution would fly for a spin. Didn't remember who. Take over. A caution with five to go collected Haley Desolniers, uh, I believe is how you pronounce that. Charlie McDougal and uh, one other car I missed, but that one kept going. Tyler Chapman would lead his clone Jason on the restart, but a three. <laughs> Did I really write that? Phil's not paying attention. That's okay. He's just shaking his head. Okay, that's fine, too. But a three-wide move by Tyler Berry would move him into the second spot. Tyler Berry would finish second and take a 10-point lead because uh, I believe, what who the hell was it? Tyler Chapman would win the race, but Tyler Berry finished second. Uh, they would take a 10-point lead because, what, he led by 12 coming in? Yep, that would explain it. So I didn't take very good notes. My apologies. Uh over the final race. Yeah, okay. So he extends his point lead by like over 30 over Tyler Pearl. I mean, it's... Oh, no, it is 30. I'm sorry. I thought it was over 30, but it's actually 30. So Tyler, 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 Tyler. Too many Tylers. Yeah. There's one in every division, I swear to God. Mostly two, but there's always one. SKs. Why don't we go into that here? Todd Owen was up by 106 points on Marcello Refrano before the SK's doubleheader weekend. Apparently, both races did count for points. I did not know that going into uh, last week's show, so I didn't say, well, he should have clinched the title by now, right? Nope. Apparently, they had two points races two days in a row, which is really tough on these guys. Uh, let's see. Michael, Jarv- uh, Michael Jarvis would lead the uh, field from the pole. Actually, hold on to lead from the bottom against uh, Troy Tomlin, but his continued effort on the top side and strong runs took the uh, lead away on lap later. An incident between Anthony Flannery and Tyler Leary would bring out a yellow only five laps in. Leaders remained the same, but a caution four laps later for when Noah Corner and John Montesanto spun down the front stretch. Uh, Corner kept going, but Montesanto stopped to bring out a caution. Restart saw uh, Paul, no, David Arut. Yep, that's the one who races SKs. David Arut get a good jump, but it was for naught as contact would send RJ Marcotte into the front stretch wall. Uh, while under yellow, Keith Rocco dropped out of the race. Didn't get an explanation as to why. Uh, next restart, Tallman would get the better jump and hang on to the lead. Lap 14, Dylan Kopeck and Teddy Hodgson spun in turn four. This was a messy race, I remember. Uh, Restart had the two from the previous incident, plus Tyler Jones and Montesanto spin again and wreck down the front stretch. Restart. A route would pester the back bumper of Tallman as Brian Narducci and Marcello Rafano began to catch up. And on lap 19, John Puglio would go spinning off turn two after contact with Ronnie Williams and brought out a yellow. Williams to the rear for contact. All right, Narducci would clear for second at the halfway mark. 
and would eventually start to fade as Marcello Rafrano would take his turn to pressure the back bumper of Tallman for the lead with 10 to go. Rafrano would make his move and take the lead just as a spin in front of the leaders would bring out a yellow. I believe it counted. But Tallman would take the lead back until the last lap when Rafrano made a dive to the bottom in turn one and then ran Tallman onto essentially Route 190 to take down his second win of the season. And in victory lane, I believe he said he, quote-unquote, wanted it more. <sighs> I hate that shit. Like, I like Marcelo. He's a great kid. Damn good shoe. But have respect for your fellow competitors. Don't yeah. run him into the fucking parking lot. He ran him up pretty far. I, I tend to exaggerate a lot, so I just picked a Google Map image and said, okay, turn four is over here. That's Route 190. Okay, he ran him into Route 190. Tell you what, that was a gutsy effort, though, by the three car. Oh, yeah, Troy he really hung in there. guts out. He that really was, did hang in there. That was a real brave Troy's, effort. They've got that car fast. They've been more consistent with it. They're going to win, I'm going to say, next year three races. I'll just say I'm not going to give – I'm not going to put that – demon on him i'm gonna say hey he'll win a race i think he's got a win coming if he wins one and he's overdue if he wins one more will happen it's just i'll just say he wins one i'm not gonna yeah i ain't gonna put that that demon uh, on him ricky bobby yeah that was and marcello will win more too Mm -hmm. and i that's i just don't like forcing the issue for a win It, it loses your respect with people yeah but some yeah i yeah I can't really defend him too much, but well, until it happens, until until he loses by the sword and, and and reacts, you know, if he reacts like, hey, you know, I did it before, I've done it before to people, and 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 now it's gone to me, and you know, doesn't complain about it, then you can't fault the guy for it, you know. A lot of, I could honestly see you know? Marcelo reacting that way for sure, though. He's he's a good kid, and he's more than willing, I think, to take what he dishes out. So yeah, I've seen it in the past. Um, and a lot of the SK guys kind of know to live by the sword, die by the sword, because right. they, they know what it... You I think know. it's a culture thing with an SK, you know? That's- Especially at somewhere like Thompson, but we're not talking about them, but that's just how they pass up there. So... <laughs> that place is something else. Dive and wash. Yeah, dive and wash is an SK pass. Um, Clear with the right rear. Correct. Stafford Saturday. All right, here we go. SKs. By simply starting this race, Todd Owen would become back-to-back champion. As I didn't even see the second-place points contender, Marcello Rafrano, in the field for the feature. I didn't even see him on practice times. I don't know. Huh. What, I don't know what was going on. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Where the hell did he go? I don't know. <laughs> he just wasn't did there. Did not know there was a race? Did they forget? I don't really know, dude. It's just, it's very strange to me. Uh, I figured if you're second in points, I know you're, you know, you're out of what's it. What's his gap? Yeah, what's his gap on third, though? Yeah, Jess, what's the points on that? Do you have the uh, points run down at all for that one? Oh, he's still got 20 on David Aru, even missing a race. Yeah, so he probably knew all he's got to do is basically show up and run halfway decent next week. And just pick I mean, up I'm, second. I'm I mean, guessing, if you're not going to win the title. Yeah. I mean, that's a good way to nurse a hangover is to take a race off, you know? I mean, to be fair. <laughs> party over here. To be fair, I mean, yeah, I know you're not going to win the title, but second's a lot better than third in points. And trust me, I've done both twice. So. 
That hurts. Anyway, uh, I don't have a big trophy yet. Like I said, by simply starting it, I think Todd locked it up. Let's see here. It's kind of a mirror image of the last race. Michael Jarvis led the field to green, but Michael Christopher Jr. showed some strength early and would take the lead three laps in. Oh, <laughs> did you catch this? Big hit by returning champion Jimmy Broderick in turn one, put the race under red flag conditions. He would get out on his own and was okay, but car sure as hell wasn't. Apparently the throttle stuck going into turn one. Oh, I remember even... Rene Dupree doing that one year, and I was standing at the pit gate. To, I forget who I was talking to, but she came by banging off the limiter and just plastered the freaking wall there. Yeah. I remember being at Stafford one of the very, uh, very minimal nights that I went when I was younger because we didn't go to Stafford very often. We usually went to Waterford. Very like I think by the time I was able to drive on my own, I'd only been to Stafford like twice. Um, but there was one time it was it had to be in the '90s or early 2000s. I remember I think it was Jimmy hit the Widowmaker in turn one, like hard. I was like, yeah. "Ooh, that was bad." I think I was there that night. I don't think there was a. I don't think that was the fire night, but. I think it was after that, but I think it, ugh, I just remember him going into turn one Widowmaker. I'm like, ooh, that looked like it sucked. There's two standouts that that I'll never forget for thr hung throttles at Stafford is Rene Dupree, obviously, like I just mentioned, and Richie Pillai going into three. Oh. That one was mega. Every every year on the day when Richie Pillai's accident happens, you can hear the echo of him hitting the Armco come back around the earth. And and you can hear it fly over your head. It just keeps going. It, every year, you just hear it. <laughs> That's a rough one. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will never forget the sound. That was such a big hit. Yeah, I remember. Um, shoot, I remember a couple guys at Thompson going in with thr stuck throttles. I think Kerry Malone did it once, and he just like wiped the whole right side of his SK off like it was a pancake. Just a wicked hit. Anyway. I remember a, a super mod get hung, hanging a throttle into one at Thompson one year. This gold-colored one. And that thing was shortened up a ton. Mm. They don't have a hell of a lot to shorten up. No. All right, so big hit for Jimmy Broderick on lap seven. I believe he was the 1997 track champion in the SKs. On the restart, Mike Christopher Jr.'s air cleaner assembly flew off. And I think a fan might have got a souvenir, but he was black flagged for losing it. The caution did come out for debris. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I haven't seen that one before. I've Ball seen a lot power. of stuff happen. Yeah, well, they black flagged him for it. And I saw a senior, or yeah, Mike Senior on pit road. He's just got his what the fuck hands like, what do I do here? <laughs> you know? The stem's gone. The the whole air cleaner base, filter top, lid. Oh, it's funny because he fixed it right then and there on pair. He road. had he just, one. He just had one with <laughs> with the with everything. He I guess had that's the screw something that goes in the carburetor and everything. I guess that's something you need when you have an SK with an exposed air cleaner. You got to have spare parts for everything. I don't know. All I know is is that the night before they were they they had to come back down pit road, mm -hmm. and they were torquing wheels, and they had a lot of movement on those lug nuts. Yeah, he was very you know, animated about some, that as they well. They had some really loose wheels, all four tires. Yeah. So something's going on there with car maintenance, I think. Ugh. But he was quick. Yeah. He was a little quicker than all year, so he was showing some speed, and he definitely shows it later in this race. 
Uh, that gave the lead back to Michael Jarvis, but Keith Rocco, Ronnie Williams, and Anthony Bello would swallow him up as Corey DiMatteo stopped high off a of turn two to bring out a yellow. Rocco and Williams would race hard for the lead with Rocco taking the top spot and bringing Bello with him. Lab 11, Dylan Kopech would spin and collect Anthony Flannery and Kurt Brainerd with, uh, for another yellow. Anthony Flannery had like the worst weekend of weekends, I swear to God. If there was an accident on the track, he was probably involved in it in every modified race besides the SK Lights. You'll hear his name a lot, but he had a really bad weekend. RJ Marcotte would get penalized for the contact and all would continue. Lap 13, Anthony Bello would use all of turn three and then some to get under Keith Rocco for the lead. And he would take it as Marcotte would spin off turn two. That was a hell of a pass, though. Uh, that he, was a great aggressive move. I don't think he washed him out too bad either. No, he I think didn't. he just stuffed it no, in there. No, he didn't. It was, it was a, that was impressive. It was really neat. Yeah, it was a very aggressive but well-pulled-off yeah. pass. Yeah. Well executed. Uh, let's see here. Marcotte would spin off two for another yellow. And aesthetically pleasing, too. Yeah, it Seeing was. Seeing the dirt fly. <laughs> it was exciting. Yeah. Let's see, Mark, uh, lap 15, Teddy Hodgson would spin down the backstretch, collecting Troy Tomlin for another caution. Lap, oh God, my notes keep going, that's right. Uh, <laughs> lap 19, Mikey Flynn would catch the outside wall off four. The field would scatter, but he would get plastered by Marcotte, who had Dude, nowhere to go. Nerf bars flying all over the place. Yeah, just ripping nerfs off completely. Whole entire side nerf bars. Yeah, ripped them off completely. I'm like, ooh, that's bad. Yeah. Uh, he had nowhere to go, so Marcotte didn't have a great day, or weekend at least. Lap 21. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're not even going to gloss over the, his, Mikey Flynn's interview? I don't remember. I might have left the room. Uh, you go ahead if you got it. Please uh, let me yeah, know. Yeah, he said, uh, yeah. He said that uh, he claimed Mike Christopher got him and stuffed him into the wall, and he claimed uh, Christopher oh, favorites. I came in at the end of this one. Yeah, uh, claiming... <laughs> Ted Chris, you know, Christopher favoritism, and it's like, ooh. I mean, that's a lot of shade being thrown. I mean, that's like a friggin' tent full of shade. But uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think it was. <laughs> that's I, a great way to be hated by everybody at Stafford very quickly. Yeah, and number one, and number two, I don't think he did wreck him. Number three, you think that if there was favoritism towards the Christophers, towards Mike Christopher, that, you know, they would let him cheat because his last his last full race, 40 lap or above race win, not the 13 race, but he didn't win. He hasn't won a, a full race since. Actual uh, points paying race? Yes, yeah, since uh, July of last year. And that's not counting open races. Yeah, and I'm not counting like an open race. Because that's not his or, car. You know, a full SK division. You would think, you would think yeah. that would happen. Full-time ride, SK no. ride. No, it isn't. Okay. So that's kind of... Yeah, it's, again, race fans are the worst. Even the drivers are fans. Well, so. I mean, I understand frustration, <laughs> but... Yeah, but you got to have and, at least some getting, substance in your frustration. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. when you have a microphone stuffed in your face in a stuffed race car, I get it, but... Yeah, you can have... Yeah. No. Just... You could also decline the interview. That's fine, too. Yeah, no comment. All right, so let's see. Where was I? Wow. Oh, yeah. Lap 21, Tyler Leary blew something up and brought out another yellow. It was smoking strangely. It looked like something in the front of the engine let go, like power steering or something bad. Yeah, the oil cooler. Oil cooler. It's could on, be the, yeah, it was on the left front. Yeah, so. something blew out. Not good. That was a caution. Restart saw Todd Owen take second, but Mike Jr. had made his way back up to third after the early race issue. 
Junior would take second with 15 to go, but Anthony Bella was gone, and Mike Jr. also freed himself from the field, but Anthony Bella would take down his second career win, second this season. Todd Owen would wrap up the title like I had mentioned before. He is now up 140 points. Yeah, so that's two wins, for the, two wins for the rookie, 16-year-old Anthony Bello. Good kid, too. Yeah, nice job. Nice. Yeah, he's got a lot of talent. That's definitely impressive year this year. He has grown a ton just this year. Uh, go go up again? Yeah, Todd Owen, 140 points. Um, 19 top 10s. 19 top 10s in 19 races, right? 20 starts. Oh, 20 starts. Um, that's almost three full races. Three. 150 would be three full wins, not just races. Yeah. 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 I don't know if I even have that many points at Thompson this year. Anyway. All right. So they had this invitational race for the SK Lights, right? Yeah. Now, give me your opinion on this. Now, this was the SK Light invitational race. It was for the SK Light drivers who have yet to win this season. I think that's the only stipulation. Right. Do you find it to be an interesting concept, or do you find it to be patronizing? I think it's a great concept. They had a full field of cars, dude. They had 25 cars there. I think it's actually pretty good. You can I you can it. definitely perceive it as like, being a little bit patronizing. I don't think it is at all. I don't but even it's know really, why it even comes up. That was actually really cool. I would find it more patronizing if it was just people who've never won. Not just people who haven't won this year. I mean, it's like the all-star race at, you know, well, it should be Charlotte, but in NASCAR. Guys that haven't won anything still get to go and and be on a big stage and go win the non-winners race or whatever. And it's really cool. Yeah, but they get to win their way into the big show. This is just them having a race. Well, I know it's a little different, but I think having their own race, they had a full field of cars, and a lot of good drivers were in there. It's good because it gives guys... Right. And girls, whoever, but you know, racers who don't have a lot of seat time, it gives them another race, and it puts them on a pretty big stage because Tri Track was there, and they had—I mean, the grandstands were packed for Tri Track, and I'm glad because it was a beautiful day. But it puts them in front of a nice big audience, so they can get a lot of exposure and track time at the same time. I don't find it to be patronizing. I find it to be kind of interesting. It's an interesting concept. Give these people some money. Give them some track time. Give them some recognition. Because it's these people that help you out. It's the people who show up and don't win all the time. They're the ones filling your back gate. Give them something to race for. I like it. So I'm not mad at it. I was part of a best of the rest race once. (laughs) And that was for people who've never won before. So I found that to be kind of patronizing, and so did my car because it broke before I got to start it. I've mentioned it before. They used to do dash for cash races <laughs> for the non-winners at New Smyrna, and I always said before I moved down here, if I ever had a chance to run in one of them, I'd probably just load it on the trailer and go home. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's free money. I mean, take the purse and go. You know, I'd just take at least a check. It's like eh, it's seat time. I get a, you know, I might get winnings from this. It's just like any other race. Screw it. I'll go. Do I it. mean, it's New Smyrna. They're so cheap. You probably got to pay them to compete in that race. So, although that is true, yeah. All right. So, SK Light Invitational Race. The Chapman Brood led the field to green with Steven leading early. Returning champion Tony Membrino Jr. would return in Joey Farino's 87 car, and he would move into second about a quarter of the way through the race. There were numerous spins. 
But the yellow flag would stay in the, in the uh, starter stand because the race went green to checkered. You know, I think these guys, they run, for some reason, the SK light guys, they seem to run better under sunshine. It's weird, isn't it? I don't know. I think it's because, you know, uh, Mama said happiness is magic rays of sunshine that come down when you're feeling blue. <laughs> and you medulla amlagada, Bobby Boucher. Uh. <laughs> That's why. I think, oh, I think okay. They it makes get their, sense. They get their vitamin D and they, you know, they, they get happy. If you have no sunlight, you're not happy no more. That's true. Gentlemen, what brings me to my next point? Don't smoke crack. <laughs> That's where that came from. Brilliant. I smoke crack. All right. So there were numerous spins. Again, the yellow would stay in the flag stand. They wouldn't put it out. Chapman led... Ev- well, uh, which Chapman was it again? Stephen. Uh, S. Chapman. Stephen Chapman led every lap in a caution-free race. Uh, Ron Midford would make his way to the podium as well as Nick Anglis. As Tony Membrino. I don't know what happened to him, but he encountered some kind of problems on the last lap. And he fell from, like, the podium to fifth. I don't know what happened. I didn't see it. Might have got poked. Might have got loose. Something might have happened. Not sure. Didn't see it. So I can't report on it. All right. I think that was uh, Stephen Chapman's first win since 2020 at Stafford. So let's see. Tri-track race. All right. This is a fun one. I didn't watch this one either. Ooh, boy. This is the only one I didn't watch because I had to catch up on the weekend, you know, and I went to the biggie and... Instead, so <laughs> I watched it in my shop today while working on my car. So, yeah, taking notes while not really working, but standing in my garage while I watched a little bit of typing it. notes. Yeah, that's I me. watched a little bit of it. You know, Priest actually, and Woody were running. Actually, I lied. I watched this one on the treadmill today. So, yeah, Priest and Woody were running early. Yeah, they were. Ryan Priest and Ronnie Williams led the field to green. Priest led the first few laps, but Williams would run hard on the outside, take control. Lap 16, Kyle Bonsignor climbed. Anthony Flannery's left rear and spun in turn two and bring out the first yellow. Priest and Woody Pickett would trade the lead a little after the restart, but Priest would lead through the halfway mark. This this thing had a long green flag stretch. Yeah, this is the one that Burt. This is the race, by the way, that Burt Myers came all the way up from North Carolina. Yeah, North Carolina to suck at. Didn't qualify. So yeah, he yeah. Didn't run. Whoops. A lot of other people didn't. Yeah, a lot of people didn't make it. I mean, Hirschman barely qualified in. Yeah. Yeah, and he's won the Spring Sizzler, so like yeah. the guy's fast. Uh, let's see here. Caution would happen. Uh, the, yeah, that long green flag stretch ended with 16 laps to go. This was an 80-lap race, by the way, when Buddy Charette spun off a turn two. Priest, Williams, and Craig Lutz were the top three exiting the pits after this stop, and uh, an incident on the notoriously tight pit road put Mike Christopher Jr. out with, uh, I believe somebody made contact with the front of his car. And knocked the toe out, and they just parked it. Now, uh, car owner Tommy Baldwin was not happy with the situation. Yeah. I pushed it. Well, oh. you know, this pit road is a total piece of shit, to be quite honest with you. End quote. Listen to the crowd and go wild. The Roof family <laughs> spent all this money on fixing this place, and they can't fix pit road. It's the most dangerous pit road we race on, and they need to fix it. I heard the voice in the background that said, Riverhead was better, and they just did that infield pitting thing. Yeah, that was a circus in itself, but yes, it was better. To its own controversy. Stafford Motor Speedway does need to fix that pit road. I'm sorry, 
everybody done from Doug Kobe, Tommy Baldwin, every single driver that races there, everybody makes a comment about it. It's way too narrow. It's bumpy as hell. We're done here. Fix that shit. Yeah. Maybe if you fix it, you could get a truck race there because they, they have talked about going to other places like this. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I have the solution here. You can. Here's the thing. All right, I got the idea. I got it. I know they have that big concrete thing that's like a stand. That's like kind of the flag stand for their Wild Thing Carts thing and their Mini Mile and all that stuff. And you can take that and just kind of move it in and like take out a little bit of the front stretch of the, you know, Mini Mile and checkered and like the Victory Lane and all that stuff. And you can take and you can build like a second Jersey Barrier wall. That has like a walkway right. in the middle of it, I'm sorry, but right? And then you can just pave everything else. Okay. And then that's it. You fix pit road. They got to do something <laughs> before somebody gets hurt. It. People have been complaining about competitors. Competitors have been complaining about it forever. Doug Kobe even put a tweet out with his with a gif that just showed him like mm, I'm not saying nothing. Because he saw Tommy's reaction. I mean, yep. Tommy Baldwin was a Cup Series owner. I mean, how does the guy not have any sort of pull? You know what I mean? And he knows that Stafford's pit road is trash. I mean, you can't have live pit stops on that narrow of a pit road with the stalls that small. I'm sorry. That's not, the not only, with cars that big. It's the only knock I have against the place. And yep. they can fix it. They really can. I know they can. It has to get done. People will be so happy if you do it that it'll be their favorite place to go ever. Instead, you've got guys who don't come there or dread coming there just because the pit road is that bad. Every racetrack has its downfalls. Thompson has $7 beers and $13 cheeseburgers. Mm -hmm. Waterford has no (laughs) bathrooms. And no schedule, at least at Thompson. Yeah, Stafford has a shit pit road. And that's it. That's the only thing. I know it costs a lot of money to, to do paving and stuff. Well, Thompson but, runs on Wednesdays. That's the biggest yeah, one. Yeah, Thompson runs on Wednesdays. The, I don't give a shit well, about the $7 beers. I can <laughs> bring my own. <laughs> I'll just sneak my own in. I have a big shirt. jacket, yeah. <laughs> That's it. I'm not paying $7 Look at my, for a beer. my gold Pepsi. For, yeah. yeah. You can go. buy those can covers on Amazon. They look like soda. Okay. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. They, are, they also act as koozies. But anyway... Um, yeah, it's the only knock. And I know that it's probably on the to-do list, but when you have people whose races are getting... It needs to be at the top of it. I know it's on, like I said, I know it's on the list. They have they did all the, the fan beautification stuff first. That's kind of their you know thing. They got to they gotta address this stuff. I mean, it's the fans that come in and pay the money, but the racers do too. And these are the guys who are bringing the big shows to you, and you need to cater to them big show guys just as much as you cater to the guys like us who bring in the backgate money. So it's like, it's a tightrope you got to walk. It's a double-edged sword, but I'm sure it's on the list. I'm sure they're going to do it. It's just kind of, you're still running races, and this has been a problem for a while. That's all I'll say. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. I, I've, I've been hearing about this since I moved back up there in 2011. So yeah. It's just a problem. We got to just got to fix it. I know it's going to suck to do for, you know, the short term, but it's, got to be done so all right moving on 16 to go ronnie williams got poked in the bumper and turned into the backstretch wall by woody pitcat 
And he came off the wall, hooked a left, and got to the right rear of Pit Cat, who would spin fast into the turn three wall backwards, collecting Williams and Teddy Hodgson. A few others would spin. Pit Cat's car was utterly destroyed. Oof. Yeah, it looked like... Uh, I'm going to have to finish watching this race when I get home. Yeah, my opinion of it was... Um, Ronnie said afterwards that it ripped the wheel out of his hands when he hit the wall, which is a definite possibility given that it's an open-wheel car. Plausible. And, and he did hit the wall with the right front. I think that these guys, you know, you, you train yourself to race a car a certain way. If you grip the hell out of the wheel, you're probably going to break your hands, wrists, arms, whatever the hell happens if you hit the wall. You know what I mean? If you have a loose grip on the wheel, it'll take the wheel out of your hand, but you're not going to get hurt by it. However, you're now a dart without feathers. Now you have no idea where the hell you're going. So it's like, again, we're talking double-edged swords here. So it's fully plausible that he got the wheel ripped out of his hands. It's also fully plausible he could have just hooked a left and wrecked him. Who knows? Just because he got put in a wall. You never know. But we don't have any reason to believe otherwise. So At just... least not until Fenceline Films releases an in-car video. Or gets it repressed. always possible i don't know i i I figured he had cameras and he usually has them in cars like ronnie and woody and them so i I figured he he would have them in there so we may see something eventually but pit cat went in backwards at like full speed into the armco that thing got shortened up a few feet he hit so hard i mean that car is really hurt bad like it's at least a rear clip might be more. I mean, it depends on how far back it goes into the center, but that thing hit a ton. I, mean, I don't know if I'd rather go in backwards or frontwards. It's one of them things. I mean, backwards isn't so bad because the, the frame, it's a kick-up underslung chassis, so it, it'll just fold right up. But the right. in, you got to remember the engine's in front of you, and that's a giant lump of pig iron, and that doesn't bend. So Fair. all the stuff behind you bends. So I would rather hit that way. Plus your head's against the seat rest and you're not going to test your Hans device and the frontal load. No, your brain stuff, can just so. turn to jelly. That's fine. It's already jelly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We, we drive race cars. <laughs> Ask Cody right. where. More on that later. Right. <laughs> I did it. Can't have a concussion if one. you got no brain left. Right. 13 laps to go and Ronnie Silk would take the lead away from Ryan Priest. He would... Priest would pester Silk's back bumper until a spin by Flannery. Again, I believe he was also involved in the pit cat wreck. Um, would spin was seven to go, and that would tighten the field up again. Restart didn't make it a lap until Priest was spun in turn three by Craig Lutz. Collecting Keith Rocco, Andrew Moeller, Chase Dowling. Jake Johnson was barely able to survive that. He barely got through it. Uh, Lutz was not penalized. And you oh. can see that uh, Lutz clearly got into the back bumper of Priest's car, and Priest went around. Just a missed call. It, it happens. Yep. It sucks when it does, but it happens. Silk would cruise to victory over a hard-charging Jake Johnson and win the fall final 20 years after his last fall final victory. Only we Good can make Lord. us all feel old. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, he won the fall final in 2002. Ronnie Silk. Yeah, he's Damn, been around so. that long. Damn. That's hard to believe he's been around that long because he doesn't look that old. Well, we've been around that long, so, I mean, hands up. So, I mean, well, we do look old now, so I guess that counts. We're going to have to be starting to give some of these drivers oxygen tubes after the record lane. 
A lot of them. Ugh. All right, so. I feel terrible. Why don't we move places and go down to the Speed Bowl because they were running as well on Saturday. Oh, yeah, yeah. I actually went there and watched that. I was there filming the I single car or the single cam shoot. So if you don't like any of the videos over at youtube.com slash speedbowl history, it's my fault. It was cold as balls down there. Yep. So don't blame me. All right. I was cold. trying to film the action. He was shivering, for God's sakes. It was 50 something degrees out, but it felt like 30 because of the wet shoreline air. You know? Yeah. It's humid as hell and cold and it just sticks to you. It's gross. All right. X cards. They went out. Ryan Magliano led the field to green. But Pete Zacharite was strong on the outside, took the lead early on. The race was behind him as six cars battled for the top five spots. Kind of entertaining to watch. This allowed Zacharite to get away and cruise to victory in a caution-free event that uh, wasn't all completely strung out like the last time they were there and actually had some decent side-by-side racing for once. So that was good. Uh, Still went green to checkered with no action, but... I mean, it was at least they had racing to watch. So, late models had three features. Yeah, I don't, I don't do this kind of stuff at all. I no. really don't. No. It, what is it? The twenty-five, twenty-five, uh, fifteen. Yep. Thing. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't do that because that means you get asking the race fans to do math on the fly to see which car because it's the total of best finishes or whatever. Best finishes, best average finish, starting, passing, maybe. I don't know what the hell they did to figure so that, it out. But. So that, and you you may not see the winner of the total event cross the finish line first. That's a no-no. We don't do that. <laughs> yeah. No, we don't no, do the, that shit. The winner of the race must cross the finish line first. That is it. We are a simple folk, and yes. we need to have these visual reassurances. I agree. Hell, yeah. even Florida people can do math on the fly, so I don't get what's wrong with you. Well, they're all hopped up on meth, so they need something to occupy their brain. Well, yeah, I mean, they have I, to keep I don't the know. demons out somehow. Why you like stage stage racing like that? I I can't do that. That sucks. Terrible. I don't By know. the segment way, racing. It's segment racing. Segment racing, I believe. Yeah, but I didn't have the heart to tell them it's they were racing for a twelve hundred dollar purse. Which is much more than normal. I believe they get about, I'd say about 700 bucks, which is your typical late model purse around here. Um, I broke it to them afterwards. I said, hey, by the way, if you raced you know, at uh, Thompson, just normal races, uh, they pay 1200 to win anyway. So, <laughs> Yep. Because <laughs> guess who runs the show at Thompson? Yeah. The ACT, and they pay their guys. And so if you're running a weekly series, you know, late model race and it pays 1200 bucks to win why the hell wouldn't you be there anyway mike benavides led the field to green for the first feature but charlie bailey the third uh, he was strong on the outside and was able to take the top spot only a few laps in a little contact between ray christian the third and benavides sent him sideways everyone scattered but benavides was able to gather it back up and keep going about that time jason palmer was able to take the lead away uh, the field was strung out, but racing continued as Christian was able to catch up and get by Bailey for second. The race went green to checker, but that didn't stop Christian from catching Palmer. The battle was on for the lead after a few laps of heated battle. Christian was able to use an outside move to take the top spot. He would pull away for the win, and that meant he had to start at the tail for the next feature. So Christian would win the first 25-lap race. Street stocks. All right, let's go into these things. Which they used to be street stocks, but now they're limited late models. So we'll gloss over that. 
Tony Macrino inherited the pole after a car dropped to the tail, who was supposed to start on the pole, and uh, he would lead early. Action was thick behind him as battles raged all over. Suddenly, Macrino had some sort of issue off, too. I didn't see it. But Aaron Plemons was able to inherit the lead, and Macrino dropped back a few spots. Uh, a yellow for a flat tire by Sean Gadecki would show the, uh, slow the pace, but on the restart, Brian Norman would take the lead from top side. Another yellow for John Porter, and uh, I believe Moose Downton stopped up in turn two. Well, I think Moose kept going. Would slow the pace again, but nobody. Oh, was... they're playing grab ass like old times. Yeah, just like old times. You know, just you know, you know, pee pee slap, sword fight. That's how they do. It. <laughs> just dudes being dudes. Just dudes being dudes getting <laughs> gay with each other. That's how they roll. <laughs> Gross. Uh, would slow the pace again, but nobody was going to touch Brian Norman. He would win comfortably. I believe it was his fourth win on the season. All right, mini stocks. A lot of these races either went green to check or had, like, not a lot of action because the car counts were quite low. So, anyway, mini, mini, it sucks, but what are you going to do? Mini stocks. Rick LaFleche led them to green with Charlie Canfield on his outside. A couple laps in, Canfield would take over the top spot. It would go green from there with uh, no real change. Who just sent me a wave? <laughs> anyway. Uh, it was see. interesting for the battle for second the street stock race is actually pretty compelling. I know Norman stunk to show up by just totally dominating. You know he was running good, but it was really compelling because you could see in, in between Aaron Plemons and, Stone. and and Al Stone, yeah, and they were running really good side by side for it. It was like a Talladega race where everyone runs side by side and no one's going nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, so but it was the reason it was compelling was because. Aaron Plemons' car would fart out right at the end of the right at the end of the corner and chug down the straightaway, but Al's car would pick up, just like almost like he hit the turbo boost or whatever, mm. and right halfway down the straightaway, and then it would pick up until he'd have to lift again. So you would see Al fall back in the corner, but then go real fast down the straightaway, and so it, it was quite interesting to see their different approaches to gear under the. Uh, communism motor program rule. I'm not going to play the clip. Don't worry about it. You already played it once. We're done for for now. But yeah, you know what I mean. It's very interesting to see how different they were. Uh, People listen to the clip too. They're going to be disappointed. Well, whatever. They'll forgive me. (laughs) Anyway, I think we were uh, talking about mini stocks. Excuse me. Uh, Let's see. Charlie Canfield took over the lead from Rickle Flesh. Like I said, go green from there with no real change for the lead. But third uh, and second was pretty decent between Sam Messick and Chris Garside. That would be about it until Tom Silva broke in turn two and spun to bring out a caution. Uh, wouldn't change the outcome, however, as Canfield would take down a commanding win. Yeah, this one I saw from the from the lunch truck, which are delicious, by the way. Mm. You should go. Uh, they take a little long, but it's not bad. It's delicious. Cousin of the show, Chuck McDonald, by personal demand, he... Did his best Melissa Fifield impersonation, and he finished. <laughs> Two and a half laps down. He finished. What do you want? 45. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Poor Chuck. Got catching flack. She just got a new simulator from Did Bush she? from Bush Beer. Oh, they actually came through and bought something for her finally? They, they bought her seats so that she can come and go practice for upcoming events, riding around on the bottom groove and waving people to the outside. <laughs> She's not waving. 
Oh. Uh, no, so that's all the Bush gave her, huh? It was like a sim racing seat. Yeah, or some not even the whole thing, just the seat oh, that goes in curved, the rig. Curved. Oh, yeah. did they give her the actual rig? Yeah, the simulator from Sim Seats. It's a whole simulator. Oh, yeah. Well, it's not sponsorship. And it's laser etched, like they said it would be. Phil probably did that. <laughs> laser etched. No, he doesn't do that kind of work anymore. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like ten years ago. Sorry. Anyway, late model second race. All right, we're we're kind of digging ourselves a grave here. All right, Jason Williams started on pole but spun at the line. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Dude. And uh, two more cars spun in turn one for an immediate yellow. Uh, next restart, Keith Scalia inherited the lead. Uh, another this race sucked. Awful. Another spin by Jordan Hadley would slow the pace. Next completed lap, Williams would spin again. Two laps would be completed, and Bailey would lose her left retire and spin in three. That was after contact, though. So that's yeah, still cut at least a tire. It's something is still a shit show. Right. Another completed lap, and a three car fracas broke out between. I honestly stopped caring uh, who crashed or who spun by that point, but they all kept going with varying amounts. Was it of the damage. one down the front stretch? I don't remember. There were so many wrecks in this race, I don't even Check care. Check it at out at, at Speedball History for a complete train wreck of a race for the second feature. YouTube.com slash Speedball History. Yeah. yeah. Look at the late model races. Second race was awful. Yeah. Jason Williams ruined the show single-handedly. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. Ouch. It was uh, terrible. So, um, Every other lap, he spun out. The he race, couldn't wait to spin out, dude. The race finally, He was getting dizzy, dude. The race <laughs> finally went green as Jason Palmer took the lead. Ray Christian III would get by Ryan Morgan for second, try to chase down Palmer, but he would not be able to this time, and Palmer would win the second race in between. that, The officials had... were getting pissed off at Jason. I mean, no, not the officials. The announcers were. They're like, and it's Jason Williams, spins in turn one, and after he finally hit the wall. He did sound kind of facetious, yeah. I don't know yeah, who, I, I thought that was, was funny. But... As, that was funny as hell. I was like, Ooh, and then I watched Paul Hurd walk down this truck down, walk down in chain with his head down. His I felt bad on. for him. Yeah, <laughs> that's a bad poor night. guy. That's a bad night. Yeah, for ten thousand dollars sponsorship winner from the Anlaro Ferrari, you'd think you'd, they'd buy a set of scales and uh, you know put some bite into the car, wouldn't you think? Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Exit Realty Pro Trucks. Andrew Moore and led them to green, but immediately in turn one, Chris Taylor spun and collected Sean Passero and Dave Koenig, who had a flat tire, bringing out a yellow. Caution laps counted in this 55-lap feature, so they took the green with 49 to go. Kyle Giro was making up spots early, but not as fast as Devin DeShays, who took the lead with 45 to go. The battle would be for about fourth between Connor Souza and Giro, and it would turn physical pretty quickly with Souza getting by. Uh, let's see. A late incident between a lapped car of Cameron Verecchio and sixth place of Todd Taylor would send Verecchio spinning in a yellow would come out. Restart with 12 to go. I don't know what Jesse's doing there on the camera. That's uh, disturbing. A little unsettling. <laughs> oh, the, sorry. The belt is rubbing up against my underbelly. I thought he'd had enough and it was just going to take Ugh. us off the air there. No, I'm sorry. That was $53 worth of... <laughs> Lobster rolls. Lobster rolls are, you know, yeah, hurting my belly over my gross belt. So I had to adjust. Seafood is just insects of the ocean. That's why I don't. I eat don't it. care. That's the only bugs I will restart. Eat. <laughs> restart with butter and Hellman's mayonnaise. Oh, I can't do it. Restart with twelve to go. Morn. Uh, what the hell did I write down? <laughs> uh, Morn put on a tough battle on the outside with the Desha- uh, Deshays, but eventually he would prevail. 
or Deshays would. Uh, a few laps later, Connor Souza would get physical once again with his supposed $25,000 vehicle, or that's how much they want for it. Uh, because it's for sale. If you want that truck, you can pay twenty five grand for it, um, which is kind of strange because that's basically something with the same stuff as my car in it, and I don't think that's worth that much. But anyway, this time Tyler with Tyler Chapman, and that would cross Chapman up into Kyle Giro's path. They would make contact and continue. The accordion would reach back and spin Josh Stringer out behind them and a couple other trucks to bring out a yellow. Been a lot of bad blood. Hmm? They hit us, so we hit them back. Dude, <laughs> dude, I've never seen, I've never seen two guys. You know, they're playing patty cake. I, I was just thinking to myself, watching the whole thing while they're bashing each other's doors and everything down the straightaway. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking, patty cake, patty cake, baker's man, bake me a donut as fast as you can. Oh, they made Roll lots it of donuts. And pat it and put it on my door. <laughs> blah, 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 no more. Yeah, we didn't come up with the rest of the lyrics on that one. <laughs> but he made a lot of donuts. <laughs> <laughs> and to see two guys get get sent to the back at once for a, for an incident, I've never seen that before. Yeah. I think <laughs> you know? they sent them both to the back just for playing grab ass. Uh, they sent them to the back for, they sent two guys to the back for causing one incident because somebody else spun out. Yeah. And I thought that was amazing. I, it was a great call. I thought I liked it. That was fine. Yeah. And then they put their foot down and said, "Okay, no more playing patty cake." That's, that's enough. That's, that's enough childish you. games. Yeah. Okay, you can play hopscotch out in the parking lot later if you want. This is going to be the or longest episode we've ever had. <laughs> Restart with five to go. Saw Morin would actually make the top side work and take the lead. Very late over uh, Deshays and Giro would make a move under Deshays for second. Deshays would not have any of that, though, and he would clear Giro, and uh, Giro bobbled, and that would open up a little bit of room for him, and he would make short work of Morin as well with his tires nice and hot and uh, take the lead back within a couple laps. Like I said, this was like five to go, and he managed to come from like first, third, first back again, so he came back. And um, Morin and Giro would battle for second, but Deshays was gone again, so he pulled away and won. I believe this was his third pro truck race of the season. And he's a uh, pretty young guy, too, so probably 14, 15. I don't even remember, but he's pretty good. All right, Super X, that was a boring one. Bill Ram, uh, he led the field to green and led every lap completely unchallenged. There was a caution late, but nothing major, and Ram was able to dominate and win a mostly boring race, and I didn't mind this time because the last few were shit shows. So it's fine. It was a nice palate cleanser. Okay, the final race was the late model 15 shootout. Uh, let's see. Jason Palmer, Ray Christian, Jr. Jr., by virtue of their finishes in the first two races, would lead the field to green. They would be the entire race as they ran the whole race, like side by side, banging wheels and fenders. But it was all in an, uh, basically a respectful manner, and it was a decent race. Uh, Jason Palmer would win with Christian finishing second. But Christian would earn the $1,200 for the overall win and unofficially clinch the late model track title as well. (laughs) So he can just do like last year and not even show up for the last race. I thought he showed up for the last race, but uh, parked it. Uh, He pulled off, yeah. (laughs) He parked it and gave it away, which is why I think he won our Gave It Away award last year. Yes. All right, so we have our Seekonk report. Boy, do we have some <laughs> serious 
drama here. All right. This is from our Seacon correspondent, Sean Miner, and I really do appreciate his efforts because, let me be honest, when I take the notes for this show, it is an all-week affair. I'm constantly on my phone typing notes, constantly working on this stuff. And basically, to take the notes that he took, he has to be at Seekonk to do it. So it's like, it's a lot of work. And instead of just being able to enjoy the races, he takes the time to help us. And I appreciate that greatly. So we would not have the Seekonk segment without Sean Miner. And uh, all of our fans or listeners out there, if you enjoy the Seekonk segment, find him on Twitter or wherever. I think... uh, let me see here for one second. I'm going to actually look him up on Twitter real quick. I thought I had his screen name, but I just need to verify it. I think it's like S minor 15 or something. Hang on. Yep. At S minor 15. Go follow him on Twitter. Uh, he's definitely, he's followed by Seekonk Speedway. So, I mean, he's got to have some legitimacy to him. So anyway, he sent us the report. Oh, that view got ruined. Sorry, we're watching the replay, and somebody stood up in front of the camera like an asshole. Anyway, I saw the other view, so it's all good. He writes in, says, I apologize in advance for any typos or scatterbrainedness in this email. I was rushing to get it done after work before you recorded. Also, I may I suggest the Benny Hill theme song music for intro to this segment? <laughs> I don't know if we're going to make that happen, but, uh, oh, Jerry D's got the in-car camera. Yeah, that was uh, Michael Blackmar, I think, put that up. That's a good shot. All right, here we go. He has the rundown. He says, uh, trucks. In the trucks, Jake Venata would take the early lead on the outside. Rick Martin would start ninth and quickly work his way through the field following Barry Shaw Jr. In a battle reminiscent of the Adams-Spencer Pro Stock race from a few weeks ago, Shaw would take a shallow line in a noticeably slower truck. Martin would not push the issue until Shaw slid up, allowing Martin to get by. At this point, Venata had a sizable lead in a race that only saw one early yellow. Venata would win, and Radical Rick Martin would finish second and win the truck championship. Is that is that Jake's first uh, win in a truck? Oh, no. He's won a bunch of races in a truck. It's just, Has he? Yeah, it's just kind of scattered. He's won them a, a few years ago, and I think he won a couple gotcha. this year. And Yeah, he's won a few in the trucks. I know gotcha. he used to race the Pro Stock for a while, and they went to trucks, so... All right, so sportsmen. Doug Benoit. Is it Benoit? I don't pronounce anybody's name right. Benoit Benoit. <laughs> I'll just say Benoit because I'm American. And Cody Tripp would lead the field to green, and Tripp would lead the first 17 laps before getting pushed up the track and getting sent hard into the outside wall. Ryan Lynham would take the lead with Chad, uh, Chad Baxter in third. A series of single-car spins provided a restart, which Baxter began to backslide on the outside. Playoff contender Craig Bianco would take advantage of this and battle underneath Baxter with non-playoff driver Adam Petty ahead of him. In a thriller of a finish for the championship, Bianco took Petty and Baxter three wide on the bottom, passed them both to edge out Baxter for the championship by a tenth of a second. Good. Nobody got wrecked for it. That's... Good to hear. Okay, so Jesse's going through the video right now. I'm actually kind of watching it. This I got to race at Seekonk once in my life. I got to go there. Oh, wow. Okay, sorry for the dead air, but I was actually kind of watching it. Yeah, he, he forced the issue, but... 
speed. Craig Bianca, your championship winner. Jeez. These guys got to stop standing Craig in front of the Bianca damn camera. You guys are killing me. I'm sure it's killing the cameraman and everyone else who watches Move this Move the as well. camera. <laughs> it's not like they can put it on top of the tower, though, but that's, you know. All right, let's call it, Let's kill that for a minute. Oh, wait. Oh, he can... oh he's not happy. Mounted on... <laughs> Adam Petty took his rear bumper off. That was smart. <laughs> you can mount the camera on top of the uh, the roof of the tower and have like a handle coming down through the roof like a periscope. <laughs> Just do a periscope cam. Yeah. I don't know if that'll work. All right, late models. This is the one with the... This uh, is the show. This is the show. Okay, this is the late model. This is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Yeah, one of the most insane things I've ever seen. All right, Sean writes in. Corey Fanning and Ryan Flood started on the front row with playoff contenders Mark Jennison, Jerry DeGasper, Chase Belcher, Richie Murray starting 7th through 10th. Josh Hedges would battle uh, Fanning side-by-side side for about 10 laps early on before settling in 2nd. Meanwhile, the, pl- the playoff contenders were carving their way through the field, the most notable being Jennison passing the most of the field on the outside and would eventually work his way up to 2nd. First caution of the day, or the race, I should say, would come just past halfway when Vinny Arigando and Josh Hedges would make contact, sending Hedges around. Arigando would retire with a broken tie rod. Restart on lap 21 would see Fanning on the inside with Jennison to his outside, Chase Belcher in third. They would quickly go three wide, splitting Fanning and putting playoff contenders at the front. A spin by Hedges would bunch the field up again, and Jennison would clear Belcher momentarily. It appeared that Mark's car did not like the low line as he slid up, allowing Belcher to back in and settled into second. I should... Uh, late race restart with five laps to go resulted in a door-to-door battle between Belcher and Jennison. Which one of Bob's Burgers characters is he related to? Um, I wonder if he's related. Which one's the Belchers? I don't know. I don't watch Gene. the show. Gene? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Which one is, <laughs> is he? Is that the name of the family? Which one is, is he? Yeah. <laughs> I oh, love I need Burgers. a better seat. Sorry. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't think he owns a burger shop. They'd probably not make as much money. All right, so uh, let's see. A late race restart, like I said. The two raced side-by-side, Belcher and Jennison, uh, for five laps with Jennison having a slight advantage on the high side. On the last lap, Belcher sent it in hard and deep. Oh, he wrote giggity. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> We're getting nasty now. He fits right in. Into one and two, bang doors would remain even down the back straightaway. Going into three, Belcher began to lose the rear end of the car, slid all the way up the track into Jennison, resulting in Jennison climbing the wall and riding it on two wheels from the exit of turn four to the middle of turn one. Belcher would cross the line first by 73. Flag is out. They came off of four. Something, ain't it? And one out of room. (laughs) That is awesome. Yeah, that's... Your late model champion for 2022. Who's filming this? Meanwhile, his late model still leaned up on the driver's side over there. Clean up. All right. This is, <laughs> anyway. That um, was sweet. So Belcher would cross the line first by 73 one hundredths or one thousandths of a second. I can't remember how far it was down. But uh, over second place, Jennison, but was sent to the rear for the uh, over-aggressive driving which gave the race win and championship to Mark Jennison. After a quick ambulance ride back to the pits, Mark came back out on the track for an interview and photo of his car and f- as it was still propped up on two wheels in front of the wall. And uh, Oh, that's a hard hit, dude. Yeah, play that again real quick because this is from Jerry D, and it looks like Jerry D got a little damage in that too, just trying to miss it. 
Look, Belcher washes him way wide. Yeah, I'm sorry. Here we go. Uh, you know what? All right. I have to give somebody their due here. All right. I have to give them their side of the argument. I have to do it. Uh, I don't think I have it, though. Oh, here it is. Okay. That was crazy. Ooh. Somebody, somebody said basically what I said. Oh, so, what's, this? what's going oh, on here? Oh, the next video. Damn. Oh, that's the next video? All right. You're not showing <laughs> Phil all of it, so it's wrestling. We don't need to know. It's like some Yeah, we don't need to see NASCAR. I mean, yeah. WWE. Anyway, who cares about that? Chase Belcher <laughs> said about basically what my opinion was, that Belcher gassed up too early and freaking just washed Jenison and just drove him straight into the wall. Whether he intentionally did it or not, just overexcited, got into him, or if he did it on purpose. Digging for the win. Doesn't really matter to me. He still stuffed him in the wall. Doesn't matter. Now, Belcher says in a Facebook post to a person who shared my opinion, he said, respect your opinion, but this is a picture, which is what they were commenting on was a picture. Watch the video and see how the car ended up that way. Glad Mark is all right, and congrats to him and his crew. The person commented back and said... Uh, uh, could well be, I haven't seen the video, just not where the guy on the outside is, just not sure where the guy on the outside is supposed to go. Belcher replied saying, absolutely agree. We both didn't lift. We knew first one to lift was losing the race. Both hit the gas too soon and uh, back ended, back end pushed up. He turned left in, or to obviously not hit the wall, hooked my car to the right. It was hard racing, giving everything we had, most importantly, Glad Mark is all right, and that's all I care about. Uh, I appreciate his opinion on it, but he's still wrong. Um, he gassed up and drove into Mark and ran Mark out of racing. He half room. admitted it. He half, yeah, he half admitted it. But if you're on the inside of someone and you're making contact with them when you hit the wall, it is your fault one hundred percent of the time. One hundred percent of the time. We should share the videos on on the. On the on the on the pod, the podcast page, I know we really should, really should, we really should. Maybe next year we'll actually figure yeah. out how to do this and do it the right way. But yeah, Mark Jennison would win the title by virtue of disqualification. But let's be fair. <laughs> anyway, so back to uh, Sean's article here. Mark came back out of the track in the interview in a, a photo in front of his car, which was still propped up on two wheels against the wall. Mark Jennison is a class act and probably and gave probably the most level-headed interview that I've seen considering the circumstances. Well, I agree because Mark is an old-school racer that a lot of people from Seekonk don't know a lot about. Mark ran a long time at Thompson. Long yep. time. We've okay. murdered a lot of beers together with him and Kevin Bow out in the parking oh, lot. Oh God, yes, many, it's a beer holocaust. Many beers met their <laughs> end with us in the parking lot. So this guy, good dude. he's a good dude, just class act, nice guy, hell of a driver. He went to Seekonk a few years ago and just kind of stuck around because they do weekly racing, and he's figured it out, plain and simple. And yeah. Mark's an experienced racer. He, I never saw him cut down on Belcher at all. No. I mean, he might have... He held them to the bottom, but you're supposed to hold people to the bottom at Seacon. He squeezed them once in turn one, and Belcher kind of got into him a little, but it's like, yeah, you're kind of supposed to, but... You're supposed to. You have to. You don't see Jenison doing dirty things. That's all I'm saying. He's an old-school racer, 
basically his opinion was, okay, I'm going to run as hard as I can. If I win, I win. If I don't, I don't. Where the chips fall, that's where they're going to fall. That's all we're going to do well, here. Like it or not, he's a good racer. You're going to have to deal with it. What's- You're going to see another experienced racer as we talk about the pro stocks. Oh, yeah. Uh, pro stocks saw a field of thir- Yeah, Mark Jennison's story isn't over, by the way. Pro Stock saw a field of 13 cars with Daryl Stampfill, not a typo. I know how to, yeah, I know Daryl Stampfill. <laughs> I've been around a little bit, not everywhere, but, you know, I've been around. Uh, and Ryan Vanass uh, leading the field to green. Vanass would clear Stampfill and lead the first 19 laps of the 50 lap feature. Mike Brightman started as the highest running of the playoff contenders with Tom Scully quickly closing. Scully would give Brightman a shot to the back bumper, but lift. Uh, causing Scully to go way up the track and lose three positions. He would tuck in behind Mark Jennison, who just won the late model feature and championship. Also, Mark is a contender for the Pro Stock title. Uh, Rick Martin would prove to be a non-factor for the entire feature. I just had an off night, I guess. Back at the front, Colby Fournier would get past Ryan Vaness and tuck into second. Brightman would catch Vaness with a hungry and probably dizzy Mark Jennison on his rear bumper. Uh, Brightman would get to Vanass, spinning him around. Uh, Brightman would get sent to the rear for contact, and the ensuing restart saw Fournier leading, Jennison second, and Scully in third. Brightman would get into Vanessa again, resulting in another yellow, and Brightman getting put to the rear once again. I mean, after that, don't you just throw him out? Anyway, uh, Jennison would attempt to pass... That was me saying that, by the way. Back to Sean. Jennison would attempt to pass Fournier on the outside, but we'd be unsuccessful and fall into line with Tom Scully in tow. In a restart with five to go, Fournier would pull pull away, and Scully and Jennison would battle side by side with Scully on the inside. Now, Jennison's on the outside again. This is me talking. (laughs) This is deja vu all over again. This is literal deja vu all over again, but now he's up against somebody who's raced forever in Tom Scully. Now you're up against an old-school racer, with experience. So let's see how it ends. Fournier rolls into three. He'll pick up the win. Off the corner. Scully sideways. Fournier. And it's Jennison picking up the win and making history in 2022. Tom Scully Jr. did everything he could right to the edge. But it's Mark Jennison making history tonight. Now. Picking up his second championship here tonight. Now. I watched that video. Scully genuinely was not trying to hit. Um, no, he Mark got a Jennison. little free coming he, off the corner. He stomped it to try to get under him. The yep. car did not agree. It got loose. He kind of got into Jennison's door, but not bit, enough. Not bit. enough to really upset him. Jennison got by for the second place finish, which was also the championship. So Mark Jennison literally won the late model and the pro stock which is NASCAR Division 1 and 2 track championships in one night. Yeah, that's incredible. That, that is, is incredible. Uh, and the best and the best looking uh championship winning trophy uh celebration ever with the late model on its side. Oh, that is the and best. A, and a donut on the door. You know what? I'll that, post that, that as is the getting inst- shared around down here too. I should po- I'm going to post that as the Instagram for those who live under a rock and haven't seen it. I'll I'll go post it on the Instagram for this week's show. Yeah. All right, back to Sean's article here. Let's see. Yep, slight contact. Scully line a uh, slide up in the track, resulting in an exciting door-to-door finish. Jennison would edge Scully by 130, a tenth of a second, basically. And Oh, yeah, Colby Fournier won this first race of the year. <laughs> 
All right, ending it out, he says, As a race fan, this is probably the most excited I have been at a racetrack in quite some time. Seekonk accomplished what they wanted in making it more exciting. Though I don't have tens of thousands of dollars invested in a car and equipment, the, quote, racing purist, end quote, in me is saddened that a year's worth of labor comes down to not lifting on the last turn and trying to send the guy into the outside wall and to the Walmart across the street. I am curious to see if this Drive for the Cup format returns next year and how car counts are affected. Thanks for reading my rambles for the past few weeks, Sean Miner. Thank you for actually helping us so much with this segment. We love Seekonk. We want Seekonk on the show, and you provide it for us. You were doing it in... In, that was awesome to in, watch. In, that was really yeah. he excellent. Also, he also provided like all the video links for us to watch and time while, codes and, and time, time codes, codes, which is awesome. I can yeah. Like it's the work. Jesus. It's the work of Sean Miner for the Seekonk fans who provide this segment for us and for you. So thank him. I gave you his Twitter handle. It's S Miner thirteen on Twitter. Go give him a follow. Go make his day. We need some merch so that we can send some to him. And if he finds us at the World Series at some point, we'll buy him a beer. If he can drink. I don't even know how old he is. We don't care. <laughs> and we don't even care. We'll give <laughs> beer to minors on World Series weekend. Old enough. Old enough <laughs> at Viking World. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So my opinion about the whole race for the championship thing, I just, as a race car owner, I don't like it because it's. I don't like it because it's it's just it's very nihilistic because it's just the it ends up being a whole year's labor tend to be. Uh, well, if it works out, it works out for me. If it doesn't work if out it, for him, I don't care. And it's just very the ends justify the means, and it just seems like a very shallow way to end a championship that you've done all year for. It's just a very and mean, not, almost meaningless. You know, I'm not saying kind that of the, a, the, a wimp wimpy way to end it. You yeah, know? I'm not saying that the people who won the championships weren't deserving of it. No. By far the, that. But I'm just what saying What happened to that, Dave Darling? Did he retire or is he not coming back? <laughs> who knows? Or did, yeah, he didn't uh, didn't show up for that race. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. I'm sick of his mouth anyway. <laughs> um, so, no, shut up or, you know... Easy, Dad. Do your own thing. <laughs> we don't... We <laughs> Your mouth. You're, like I'm here... You're grounded. Like I'm here to be his is you know lose audience. with grace yeah lose with grace take your lumps there you go shut up there you go <laughs> you know how much crow I've had to eat and how much bullshit I've had to go through shut up that's <laughs> true all right um so my my whole thing is is it really puts drivers in a position of essential make or break because you can make or break your season based on one decision if you throw it in there and it works. You salvage your season. You can win the title. If not, you wreck everyone's race car. So now you're putting everyone's racing equipment at even greater risk at a time when the economy is not conducive to doing that. And I just can't be on board for that. I'm just not interested. It cheapens the the championship yeah, in its own terms. However, as a race fan, it's that's the race you go to all year. Uh, that's I mean, going to be really exciting. I mean, yeah. What a, what kind of race fan doesn't want to see somebody upside down and almost on fire? You know. So well, I don't want to see them die. But well, I know. don't. But you know, race fans are shallow too. We have the dumbest <laughs> race fans in, in sports. Okay, so how much time are we into this shit show? We got, we're gonna have to do a national two special. hours and twelve minutes. Okay. Do we want to just buzz through? Just say okay, the Xfinity race. This is what happened, real quick. And then we'll jump yeah. into Cup because Cup was the shit show, and we got shit we can talk about there. 
Yeah, I why mean, don't we just all say... All you gotta do is say who the winner is, because it's just like deja vu. There was a bunch of wrecks and stuff with playoff people in the it, Xfinity race, and stuff the happened. The spinouts and... were, were the keen with both races. So let's just group... The... I'm just gonna say this right away. Okay. Spinouts on their own were paramount. Both these races. <sighs> yeah, it was unbelievable. Didn't matter what the tire was, it, it what kind of car it was. It seemed like you know, in the cup race, yeah, there were some blowouts, but there were a lot of spinouts. In the Xfinity ones, it was mostly just getting too high and marbles and spinning out. Marbles. The marble line goes the down. The sticky shit. Yeah, the sticky shit. That you, Coke syrup catches marbles. You touch that. And when you have a lot of yeah. when you have a lot of corner speed, you go up and and those marbles, and you have a lot of corner speed. All of a sudden, that point of no return, which is already extended by the sticky shit. Gives way and you're in trouble. Yeah, that's it, why Indy cars can't run on this stuff because it, they have way too much corner speed, and once you hit the marbles, they're gone. Yeah, I agree. Go ahead, Phil. No, I, I've I've said it for years, and I think Brent, you even said at one point you thought I was crazy, <laughs> but I I probably I have did. firmly I don't know. believed. <laughs> te- Texas aside, I have firmly believed that. The problem has not been mile and a half tracks. The problem has been the car has sucked. Yes, I agree. That's as why they ruined te- they ruined Texas because the car sucked. Basically, uh, yeah, the as car a sucks. Now they put this sticky shit on the the track, but no, it's still not the fucking problem. Yeah, it's yeah. The, the it's track the, isn't the problem. It's the, the cup the car, car that sucked. I agree with Phil. I yeah. agree with him one hundred fifty percent. Now well, two hundred. Well, it could be whatever it is. Half track racing on it's, on the races that they've had, none of this sticky shit has been excellent this year. Yeah, no they sticky shit. It's been amazing. They have been. It's been they've really been good. really even, good. Even Nashville, they put down that resin, which I'm not too crazy about that either. But that was a great race on that track, and everybody was all scared that that place was going to be a bottom groove piece of shit when it came in. Yeah. But again, it's yeah. not the track; it's yeah. the car. Yeah. Yeah, they all just Yeah, and, and when they and when you go past that point over they knocked the wall down a bunch, every one of it. And it oh, didn't good seem Lord. like I mean it's like Sam Merritt hit that wall so hard it's like he burnt supper. Now when <laughs> there was a stark contrast between the two races and it was the ability of the car to be saved. Now I watched the Xfinity race and I watched a lot of guys sliding around and a majority of them could save it. The cup race, if you're out less than the Xfinity car, you're gone, you're in the wall, or you pretty much blew a tire, which was pretty much the case every time. It's a good but, day to be the leader in the cup Oh, series. my God. I mean, the Xfinity the race, like I said. cup too much of a knife edge with that tire. Yeah, and when you're already past the point of no return and then you hit something like that and you have one little mistake, once you're already past the knife edge, it's, you fall off the cliff. Here's the cars that spun out and, and, and stuff. By the way, do you want to just... Kill the Xfinity race here and say that uh, Noah Gregson tied Sam Ard. Oh yeah, and his thirty-nine-year-old record very, of four wins in a row. Yeah, and was, not puking. I was very disappointed he didn't puke. I'm not. I'm glad. I'm kinda, he, I kind of want to see him puke. It's I'm the worried. only original thing he does with his personality. You can see him in the interview taking deep breaths and just breathing slow. I'm worried for it's, the man's health because only, this isn't healthy. Well, he, he's. It's not like he's gone thin or bulimic or anorexic or whatever. He's it's not. Not good for you. It's not. But you know, uh, you know, he can always get dentures. Go ahead. But I'm just saying, it's the only real 
genuine thing that he does with his personality that's any, anything that's compelling. Anything original, he does, yeah. He does the Spider-Man climb, which Helly Castroneves did and Tony Stewart did. Okay. He does the stupid freaking Tim Richmond shit with his fire suit. I'm like, that's true. I He's a mustache you? away from, from being Tim Richmond. I'm like, if you want to be Tim Richmond, go get AIDS. <laughs> okay. That's something so, I would say. <laughs> I got to stay and on then, theme. And then there's the Evil Knievel helmet, which Evil Knievel was better at but and then and evil the, Knievel was a gigantic asshole yeah like insufferable asshole <laughs> and then there's the shotgun a beer thing which uh uh what's her name uh brie larson <laughs> uh, oh uh what's it larson's wife's name yeah not is it brie kyle. larson what's kyle larson's wife's name uh caitlin larson caitlin that's who's it. brie larson uh movie star that's liberal you bitch. watch on pornhub every night i thought that was brie olson Oh Jesus Christ! Dude. I don't what know. the fuck am I, I talking she's about? The, no, Brie Olson's the one who fucked. Um, uh, what's the guy who did Winning? What the hell is that movie star? Paul guy? Newman? No, 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 not that kind of Winning. <laughs> Charlie Sheen, yeah, that Winning. That uh, was that era of Charlie Sheen when he got AIDS, and I think he Jesus fucked him Christ, with AIDS, dude. and I think she got it. Or I'm something, too far so. gone, dude. I'm sorry. Sorry, <laughs> I know too much about nonsense. So, but anyway, it. But the puking thing is the only thing that he does that's original, and I think it's charming as hell, and it's really funny. He needs to embrace <laughs> it more and just kind of let it out right I'll, at the camera. Like, I would buy a Noah Gregg's a T-shirt with fake puke on it. You know, you Kyle, embrace Kyle Bush it. has the bow. <laughs> yeah. Carl Edwards had the backflip. Yeah. Noah Gregson. That's just the <laughs> That's so funny. He, he's got to get it to where he can get out of the car and projectile vomit straight up into the air. And just catch it in his <laughs> mouth Triple again. Triple H style. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah Are you ready? Yeah, because Woody does that. Yeah, yeah, he does the water spray, which is gross. I'm, I'm like, don't get for near Woody me. to Ugh. do it. And choke one day. Like, <laughs> Come out the nose. I'd be so be worried about that. Yeah, I'm not doing just that. Just a waterfall. Right I just out get the out nose. and wave. I don't know. <laughs> gross. So, but anyway. anyway, yeah, I mean, there was how many cautions? There was a record amount. They set like a new record. Cautions. It was like 18 or 19 cautions. Here's the spinouts. Okay, go ahead. We had the 18, the 19 twice, the 17 twice, the 20 twice. One was a flat tire. The forty-eight, the nine, which is also on fire. Which yeah, is this crashed. is the this is the year fire. of the fire, by the way. Everywhere from the short tracks to the big leagues, everybody's been on fire. Yeah, Harrison Burton caught fire. Uh, too. The eleven, not from contact with uh, <laughs> what's his name there, William Wonderbread Bryan, and oh, yeah. the forty-seven. Oh, the twenty-one caught on fire. Pit road, yeah, definitely. yeah, twenty-one caught on fire. On yeah, so road. it's the year of the fire, and all those guys spun out. Yeah. My God, Ellen Cody Ware. Oh, God. Cody Ware, that Honor, was... I got an honorary Darf Comment Award winner. That um, was one of the worst... That was that looked ugly, dude. I was so saddened by that. I was hurt. My, he he uh, had a concussion from that. Guaranteed. Yeah, he did. He got, um, no, he did. He legitimately did. I didn't. Th- they didn't announce it, I don't think, did they? Uh, Fox Sports had an announcement that he had a concussion. Oh, well, I didn't yeah. surprise by that at all. Yeah, he had a concussion. Um, yeah, I mean, he was on a stretcher. He was falling down. He, he he looked like a baby deer. He couldn't stand up. You know, yeah. like, ugh, what a hard. But at my honorary Darf comment award winners this week are the people who immediately took to Twitter and said, "Cody wears an idiot. He sucks." I'm like, he literally did what? Uh, let's see, uh, Kyle How many Bush, champions crashed? Uh, Martin Truex, Denny Hamlin, Christopher Bell. Uh, Chase all those Elliott. Guys, yeah, all those uh, he guys did what every one of those guys did. 
Oh, and uh, Alex Bowman and uh, some other guys, too. Well, that's the thing. I, I hate that stuff because they just jump on the, oh, let's pick on Cody Ware bandwagon, you know, and it's just kind of like. It's played it's, out. It, it's kind of just played out. It's a it's a almost downright bullying at this point. Yeah. It's a soft target, okay? It's a soft target. Picking on Cody where it's an easy target. He's he not going to fight doing... back. He's not going to show you up with wind. He's not going to spout on Twitter or whatever and be an asshole. It's a soft target. Yep. Okay? It's like comedians versus Christians, okay? Yep. They can only criticize on Christians because they're a soft target. They're no. not going to fight that back. Any other marginalized Oh, boy. You know, any yeah, don't kind pick of, on the Muslims. Oh boy, don't pick on anybody with yeah. that has anybody you know, else other in, than Christians. Yeah, anybody else has in group preferences, and that's not okay. Nope. Did, did either of you happen to catch the Ty Gibbs incident on pit road? I did actually. He hit um, the Ty other tie. He hit the other tie. It was tie and tie, right? Is this another yeah, he, Tyler division? Yes. Ty, Ty Dillon Ty came tie. out of his pit stall and just kind of drove up into the door because Ty Dillon's a freaking idiot and has no idea where he is ever on the racetrack. Correct. Uh, yeah. Just drove into to Ty Gibbs's door and as they're passing, I don't know whose car it was on pit road, but there's crew members changing a fucking tire and Ty Gibbs swerves at him and knocks Ty Dillon right over towards him. Almost three, four feet them. from the guy. Dillon had to lock the brakes up to avoid the crew members after getting hit towards them. Yeah. I yeah. hope NASCAR wow. comes down really hard on that one. Yeah, I'm just thinking the kid's got some uh, smarts in his head and starting to come around, and then he does shit like this, and I'm like, get the yeah. fly swatter. Yeah. Swat him in the ass. I'm not for corporal punishment, but yeah. <laughs> Today I am. Yeah, it's time It's time for the a paddling. Yeah. He's a paddling. I, I, don't, I don't do that stuff. That's You're putting guys in danger. We don't do that. We don't do that here. This is big boy league. Yeah, absolutely can't do uncalled for. So, oh, I got the fly swatter. Thank you. Now, if and only Jesse Ty Gibbs was here, I it. could go paddle his ass. Oh, thank you. Producer has given me a fly swatter. That's a paddling. That's paddling. All right, so yeah, and the tire problems. Oh, and oh, and uh, oh, I forgot to mention. Oh, go ahead. You I go forgot ahead. to mention that Happy Harvick, uh, Happy's crappy tire blew also. Yep. While leading, crappy parts. I can't wait till my t-shirt comes in. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, yeah, um, there was a lot of talk about the Goodyear tires. It's a Goodyear problem, Goodyear this, Goodyear that. And I think I'm with a bunch of people when I say it's not all their fault. I think it's a tire. Corey LaJoy blow tire? No, he didn't. No. Tyler Reddick didn't either, and he won. Yeah. He didn't blow a tire, did he? No, he didn't. And he was on old tires, too. Yeah. And he made them last somehow. You know why? He ran most of the track on the bottom. Away from the tire goop. Yeah. Which these cars. (laughs) Which these cars, the way that they're built, have much more uh, lateral grip, just mechanical lateral grip. So they're faster in the corners. They also have pretty decent downforce with that diffuser and stuff. So they're faster in the turns like they used to, like they never used to be. They have more turn speed. Like an Indy car has a lot of corner speed, right? A lot of Correct. lateral loading, a lot of lateral force, a lot of lateral grip. Mm-hmm. When you apply PJ1, especially to a track like this, you're increasing that grip level. But what happens when you increase that grip level? Past, It's essentially increasing it past the manufacturer's engineering. You're There's creating- no way for Goodyear to engineer 
a tire that's going to be run on on Coke and maple syrup. You're essentially loading the tire so much now, instead of it being on a regular asphalt track, that it's creating excess load and excess heat in the tires. And that's just turn one and two, which has less grip. Then you go into three and four, and there's more banking and more grip. And guess what? If you run in the Coke syrup, it's even way higher load and much more pressure on the tires and much more uh, heat buildup in the tires. And they deal, they can't hang on. They delaminate and they blow out. Is that a Goodyear problem or is that a fault of having PJ1? In my opinion. Or team problem because. Both. Like I said, because there's a whole bunch of those factors. Goodyear's kind of standing firm on their belief that, you know what, our tire is fine. It's other issues. Yeah. And I tend to agree with them this time because I think that it is a loading issue. I think it's a grip issue with the PJ1. It's too much heat, too much buildup. Rodney Childers made some good arguments about shocks and and aerodynamics. Oh, he also mentioned that uh, he was at fault for that, and so did another crew chief. Right, because he's transparent, and I agree with them. Yeah, the other crew chiefs, when they said, okay, hey, that was my bad, I did that. Phil looks like he's dying to kick into this right here. No, I just... (laughs) I... I wanted to give this car a chance, and I don't think if we had the regular 15-inch wheel with five lug nuts and in the you know the large side profile on the tire, I don't think we would have this issue. Yeah, you're right because I think that it would be dissipating heat through the sidewall and through the rest of the tire easier. You well, know, it would have more room thing, to dissipate. There's growing pains with this. We didn't the have these kinds I of don't failures think in the we Xfinity would see one. Is the cars just knife edge snapping around because you got the sidewall deflection to lean on? Right now, there's. I mean, you're there, and when it lets go of grip, you're gone. There's nothing to grab it. We saw the, it's the so difference. Fast the corners. We saw the difference in the Xfinity and the Cup race. The Xfinity cars are still on what the old Cup tires used to be. They yeah. didn't blow out tires. No, Cup cars did because it was a diff. Again, you can blame Goodyear for this, but to be what honest with you, you can blame teams for it for not running enough air pressure. Or the PJ1. But honestly, I blame more the construction of the cars, which you can't really blame in this instance, because I blame the PJ1 for increasing lateral load pressures, heat, all sorts of stuff for this right. problem. If they did not apply PJ1, I guarantee you. You don't see this problem. You don't see it happen at the tracks that don't have PJ one. Correct. Like Kansas doesn't have it, right? I don't think. So. Hey, they blew tires at Bristol last week. Did Bristol have PJ one? Yes. Yeah. Tons they of did, it, didn't it? Yes, they did. Yeah, they had a big problem last week. Yeah, I well, remember they, a bunch of tires they blowing blow out of Bristol. Them at Dover, did they? Did they even uh, race there yet? <laughs> Could have swore they haven't even raced there yet, have they? Oh, wait, they remember. must have. They must have, because I don't think they're this deep in the playoffs. So, yeah, they have to have. But I don't think they applied oh, PJ1. Bad, oh, my God. Did they? No, I don't believe I they don't applied PJ1 so. at I Dover. I think they put down the resin like they did at uh, Nashville, because it's the same people that own Nashville. Yeah. It's, Dover Motorsports. Well, SMI bought them now. Oh, did they? Yeah, SMI bought Dover and uh, Nashville. I believe they bought, they purchased both of them outright, I think. They weren't blowing tires in California. Nope, and that track is as abrasive as any on the on the circuit right now. They were not blowing yep. tires, and that was even early in the year when they didn't even have any idea what the hell they were doing yet. My God, if they put down PJ1 at freaking Wilkesboro. It's the end of the world. <laughs> gonna... Oh, my God. 
Could you imagine? They need to just go old school with that and just seal it up. There, done. Yeah, Richmond. Yeah. I want yellow tire smoke when you spin out. Yeah, seal it up. Get that get that uh, binding agent put back in. Anyway, all right. So, yeah, Tyler Reddick won again. That was our opinion on the tire issues. Is there anything we missed? The rain delay happened, but I mean, we could talk about that. NASCAR took a much more conservative approach to the rain delays or rain in the area, I should say, since the debacle of Daytona. And I got to give them a lot of credit because this is kind of what we asked for. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is them being cautious when it, in regards to driver safety and investment. And, and then it ended up actually raining pretty good with a couple yep. lightning strikes. They so. they took their time. They didn't send them green. They said, we're going to wait for this cell that's really, really close to go by. It ended up raining. They brought them on pit road. They didn't lose the track, but they did have lightning strikes. And they had to wait, what, about an hour? Maybe less than an hour? And it didn't really hurt the track too much. I don't think they even had to dry it. It was so hot. It was like 95 degrees. I think whatever fell just evaporated. But whatever the lightning strike ended, they basically just went green. And I'm right. all for that because, like I said, this is what we asked for. They didn't send cars into turn three. It was raining in turn Everybody three. was safe, and they're moving on, so that's yep. good. Nobody can complain. Oh, no, we ran four extra laps under yellow. So what? By the way, this race was also the second longest race without the rain delay on the NASCAR schedule this year behind the Coke 600. This thing, I swear to God, it started at 3.30, and it ended at almost 9 o'clock. I'm like, yeah, it had a rain delay, but it's like, oh, man, this was a long one. I don't think you need to shorten the race up. I hear drivers like old ones like Kevin Harvick, who's old. I think I mentioned that. <laughs> but uh, He looks like he died. <laughs> and then they brought and him back he, to and life. And then he came back to life already. <laughs> He looks like the Crip Keeper, Guy dude. needs to eat some of the pizzas he's actually peddling <laughs> just to get some goddamn looks, skin back on himself. Looks like he's already dead. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus God almighty. Um, so anyway, I mean, they need to just take a bulldozer, level Texas, go back to when they built it, pull those blueprints back up, and then start over because it was fucking fine before. Then the car sucked, and you ruined it, and now you have to do it again because the track sucks. Nothing can race there. Xfinity sucks there. IndyCar won't even go back. Can't because you have PJ1 on. Yeah, Cup sucks there. Trucks, they don't even, I don't even think they ran them last time. They took the All-Star race away because that fucking sucked too. It's like, yes, this is one of the very few instances where, yes, we can actually say the track sucks, and that's very few and far between. What they did to the track. The track doesn't suck. What they did to it sucks. I rephrase that. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So next week is Tega, is Talladega. So we got another train wreck. Well, many train wrecks coming up. So, Phil, I gotta send you this tweet. I'm just gonna close on this because we're two and a half hours here. You don't hear any other racing podcasts going this long. We provide you all sorts of stupid content, and we work really hard at this. And Sean does too. Damn it. Um. So. <laughs> I read this tweet from Logan Clampett. You know who he is, right? Phil? Yes. He's texting. I'm trying Come on, to bro. get it. <laughs> I haven't sent it to you yet. Oh. Okay, fine. I'll send it via direct message to Phil there. And sent. Okay. Got it. 
Logan Clampett, he put this post up. He puts out an ent- he's one of these NASCAR e-racers on iRacing. Oh god. Yeah. He writes this huge. Is he part of the Beverly Hillbillies? Uh, no. I think he'd have money if he was. But he writes this giant press release, right? And he's talking about like coming up and like buying a wheel from pedals for 40 bucks to get started. And after he's like, after seven years of professional oval sim racing, <laughs> I've decided to take a step back after this year's e NASCAR Coca Cola iRacing series for now and look ahead to the next chapter of my life. I'm like, dude, what is that getting out of the basement? You're fucking playing video games. <laughs> I'm gonna go out into the world and have sex. I agree with you, young man. You should because it's amazing. <laughs> uh, get out of there. You're 22 years old. Go, he says, I've made so many friends and met so many great people. I'm so thankful for it. I'm like, bro, you play sim. I play sim racing every third Tuesday. It gives me a great excuse to, to rage quit something. I can't. I don't have internet. So <laughs> he thanks all the people along the way. And I'm like, good. I really hope. Oh, good. He's gone back to school full time to meet personal goals in his life. Good. Uh, you can still sim race at night. Um, why put a press release out, bro? I mean, yeah, you can thank people, but you're, you're iRacing. Does he have sponsors? You're iRacing. Does he have sponsors? He's iRacing. I know, but they have sponsors, like Twitch and shit. Apparently. I don't even know. My current sponsors, Logitech and Sim Seats. It's like literally sim racing equipment. Oh, okay. So it's the. Logitech has a new ones. wheel out. Thousand. Yeah, they got a new direct drive wheel. It's a thousand dollars without the pedals. I can't do that. Are you kidding me? It's I paid a thousand dollars for my Fanatec direct drive with the V3 pedals and the freaking shifter. I'm going back to Come using on. the controllers because I suck at this game. <laughs> I'm going back to using the Xbox controller. Oh man. So yeah, he. I just thought that I tickled my funny bone a little bit. I'm like, dude, you wrote an entire press release. To say that you are stepping away from full time video game play. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're such boomers. I am a boomer. I'm sorry. All right. Well, why don't we wrap this thing up? Anybody got anything else I'm gonna go get the boy. they'd like to add? No. No? All right. Well, you can find this podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find it on Instagram at Making Laps Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Laps Podcast. You can send us some feedback to. Making Laps Podcast at gmail.com. You can send us impossible. some feedback via voicemail as well to anchor.fm slash making laps. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Brinkleyson01. You can find me on YouTube at YouTube. Oh, God, YouTube.com. You can tell it's getting late. Uh, YouTube.com slash Brent Gleason. I just put up another video about uh, fixing something, I guess. All right. Uh, you can find Phil at. At PJX Racing on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. You can find me and Phil mid-pack in some feature whenever we race next. And you can find Maybe. Jesse... I can't wait to be canceled. <laughs> Jesse can't wait to be canceled. Please cancel. So now... All right, boy. No, you, you're not... You're, you we're going to save canceled. you from being canceled, boy. Yeah. All right, how do we end the show? Okay. Can you do it the nice way instead? <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> Keep the dirt side down and say offense. Thank you for listening. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. Well, he got it good enough. <laughs> <laughs>